Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to this week's Failed Critics Podcast, Oscar special. Um, James is back from Glasgow Film Festival. Yeah, about a stone heavier, but yes, I am. I'm here, and I'm I'm, I'm an alcoholic and a stone heavier, but that's that's Glasgow in a week for you. And Owen Hughes is here as well. Hello, hello, yes, and, still and the I'm, same weight. <laughs> and I'm back. Once again, as uh, James doesn't invite me and Owen for these kind of big events, I invited you to Glasgow, Steve. I, I was I was very welcoming. Yeah. You, you to, just to didn't Steve. want to go north of the twenty. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I, I, well, Owen's got a life. I knew Owen could. It was, you know, it was <laughs> one of those invites where you knew that me and Owen couldn't make it, so <laughs> it was a safe invite. Yeah, yeah that, maybe there's an element that maybe in my subconscious there was an element. But I, I bet you but, had your wedding abroad, didn't you? I bet you no, no, I don't. No. Do you know what I was? I, we were the ones that didn't. We were the ones <laughs> that stayed local so that Gran could see someone get wedded, get married before. Yeah. Uh, she's still going though. Uh, but yeah, everyone else like pissed off to Las Vegas or Claridge's in London. We, we've also not got the money to do that right. either. So that's yeah. So no, no, I, I was a bit of a local boy for that. But yeah, no, sorry about that, guys. I had a really good time hanging out with my new celebrity buddies and everything like that. It was uh. Uh, yeah. Uh, Pappy's what can I say? Fan of, fans of the podcast, I hope. Uh, well, they said, they, they said they would listen to it, which is which is a start, and um, and they didn't kind of ignore me when I went out drinking with them until half two in the morning. Whoa! I, I forgot what that was like. I am free to join any kind of writing team collaboration <laughs> they want to do. I mean, as the funniest one on this podcast. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that, I, that's think, that's it. I, I think they thought I was Steve. I think that's what happened. They they listened to the podcast and assumed I, you know, that Steve had turned up because who else would turn up? So no, who else yeah, they turn up. I mean, well, yeah. <laughs> I feel a bit sorry because I keep now hearing that um, BBC Three is going to be axed or something, and that's where their new is sitcom is. Well, I, there's rumours that three BBC or... are going to ax BBC Three. Three or four is going. Yeah, and, and um, but I think it could be four because they could shift a lot of programs over to BBC Two yeah. easily. Mm. And I think they should actually, but yeah, let's not have that debate now. No. but it's just a rumor I've heard. But anyway, uh, but yeah, have, Glasgow was lovely. Have a Glasgow Film Festival special podcast out if you yes. haven't listened to it already, where James prattles on about films that he's seen. And- <laughs> These celebrities turn up as well, and it's all entertaining. Yeah. I actually listened to that one because I don't. Did you? I don't listen to these back because I I was on it. I don't need to listen to it. Yeah, that's right. But, uh, it's like those um actors that never watch the films they're in and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yes. Exactly like that. <laughs> yeah, precisely. More or less. Uh, <laughs> on to the quiz. Owen is yes. uh, winning 2-1. He could beat me and um, unleash hell. Yeah, it would be his um, so, first win since he made us watch The Bay, which was a good film. Uh, when Owen last won, he was he was trying to be was, encouraging and get us to watch something that he thought was good. That's right. But since then, we've had Knowing and Bloody Cutthroat <laughs> Island. So, <laughs> so the gloves are off. off. That's it, man. <laughs> gloves are off. And James, start the quiz. OK, uh, we're going to start in 1988 uh, with Working Girl. Moving on to 1989 and uh, a classic comedy. See no evil, hear no evil. Nothing. I've got nothing. Uh, 1991. Uh, It was a TV movie, but I remember seeing it given away with DVD players late in the 1990s. Uh, Darrow. Darrow? What the hell is that? Right, okay, this this is going to open up a bit more. 1992, Glengarry Glen Ross. Could be anyone. I mean, is there films prior to 1988 that he's left out? Yeah. But he quite... Either well, quite... I'll, I'll, I'll go for a punt then. I'll go for a punt. on Ed Harris? No. No. Uh, moving on to uh, 1994, Iron Will. Hmm. Uh, also 1994, Swimming with Sharks. I'm going to miss out a big one in 95 and go for a different one in 1995 and say Outbreak. Outbreak? No, this is really getting quite obscure. Okay. It's going to be a mass uh, factor, though, isn't it? It's, it's... 1997, LA Confidential. Owen, Kevin Spacey. Correct. Yes. I missed out the usual suspects, and I also missed out uh, Seven there as well because oh, he was course. technically uncredited uh, for that role. But uh, yes, so Owen, a three-one win. Yes. And uh, okay then. Yeah. Cards away and show you that you were both going to watch Transformers: Dark of the Moon. Oh Jesus Christ! I've got that for free on my tablet. I can't even claim ignorance. <laughs> it's on Netflix UK as well. <laughs> you could watch it whilst playing xbox i guess now i I do need to know and this is this could be this could be doubly horrifying Mm -hmm. for me because i'm a bit of a completist do i need to have watched the second one to know what's going on in the third yeah definitely (laughs) (laughs) if you you haven't watched two you won't have a clue about three i'm not gonna be be that harsh james no you don't have to sit through he doesn't have to you haven't made him watch two but if he wants to have a clue what's going on, I suggest he does. Okay. But, I'll, I'll see how much schedule is. I might just wiki it. <laughs> no, it's two and a half hours as well. Two hours, 34 minutes, according to Netflix. What, what Dark of the Moon Dark is? Dark of the Moon. Fuck me, so, babe. Bastard. Yeah, well, you know, I don't know why I watched it, but now it's given me some sort of... <sighs> Finally, there, that yeah. free Google Play movie I got with my time. <laughs> <laughs> kind of yeah. Good, because I can watch it on the bus or something like that. Okay. Wow, Owen. You've... I've... Let, well, let's I've see. You have you... Now, haven't I? Let's yeah, see. Is, is this going to be a lower... Is this going to be lower than uh, Knowing and 
uh, Cutthroat Island. This is going to be interesting. I, I sense a pattern because the fact is, no, this is a bit like the Ukrainian crisis at the moment. Uh, if we want to get a little bit, no one's going to back away from this now. Is that it? I, I think I think there was a chance Owen could have tried to steer us to the path of righteousness, but no. Owen's decided to join this the dark side. This is an insight side. into how I play Risk. I don't play Risk very often, but, you know, fuck it. Let's just go for it. The world is going That's to it. burn. <laughs> so, yes, Transformers Darker Than Moon, third wow. Transformers film. I, I can okay. tell you now I will be playing Football Manager throughout that. You know how much <laughs> I hate that. You know how much I hate that yeah. bullshit, Steve. <laughs> I will come around and kick your ass. I will, I will not eat, you know, I will only have half an eye on the film. I think that's all you need on a Michael Bay film. <laughs> you need five <laughs> eyes on a Michael Bay film for the action sequences. On from Michael Bay, who would never <laughs> win an Oscar, to some people who have won Oscars. Yes. As uh, the 2014 awards uh, this Sunday night just gone. Um, and largely, I think, what people would expect, really. Yeah, it was. Uh, beforehand, we I, I think we were quite impressed by the calibre of um the nominees i i i think we all agreed that there there were some there were some really good strong categories here but at the same time on the actual night there wasn't really any surprises uh, well there there were one or two surprises and we'll come on to those but i think certainly amongst the bigger prizes pretty much as you'd expect wouldn't you say yeah, and yeah. even with the shops it wasn't sort of like any were undeserved either it's just kind of I think yeah. the biggest shocks was who didn't win anything. Yeah, yeah, rather definitely. than who did end up winning stuff. So yeah, yeah. Uh, but what we'll do is we'll go down through each category because we also had a competition that actually a few people did enter to see if they could beat us in predictions. Um, and someone did actually a few people did, but <laughs> someone got more than we did. Uh, someone got the most. Um, so let's just very quickly. Best picture went to Twelve Years a Slave. All three of us predicted it. Pretty much. Everyone predicted that. Worthy winner? Definitely. Yeah, I'm really, really pleased it won. Definitely. Really pleased. Yeah, yeah I, I think it, it's an important film. Um, it, it just about trod that line between being kind of a please give me an Oscar film and actually being genuinely worthy and important. I thought that, I thought it was really good. Uh, first film directed by a black actor to win Best Picture, but we didn't have the first uh, black director uh, winning uh, best director that went to Alfonso Cuaron for Gravity. Again, I think we all pretty much thought that's what was going to mm-hmm. happen. Oh no, Steve. Pre- Steve took a punt there because me and Owen were being boring in the same. So Steve took a punt on Twelve Years a Slave. I mean, this, uh, this Steve McQueen scored so lowly. I took a lot of punts to try and be you different did. and make. You did. You, you took one for the team there, Steve. You took one for the team. Um, and I, I think that would have been a good story as well. I, I, I personally, I, I think I would have. I would have preferred Steve McQueen to pick up Best Director if I'm, you know, it what I wanted in my heart. But I thought Curran would get it. I did really like Gravity. It was a great achievement. And I've not got a huge, I've not got a problem with it at all. Um, but yeah, I, I think where we might have, and let's talk about it because it wasn't one of the categories that we nominated. Gravity also won Best Cinematography, and I know we've had this conversation before, but I'm actually. I'm finding myself being drawn more towards Owen, Owen's point of view in terms of um, what the hell you know, is cinematography? Is cinematography? Yeah, and I, I, I'm starting to feel. And someone pointed out that the last five winners of best cinematography were all massively digital and green screen and everything. 
uh, yeah, you've they've included Hugo, Avatar, um, Life of Pi, Gravity, and I can't remember the other one, but the other one was quite a kind of green screeny type affair as well. Mm. Looking at those films, they they make they do even though some of those films weren't exactly great in terms mm. of plot and story. I'm thinking of Avatar. And yep. I'm thinking of, in my opinion, gravity in terms of plot and story. Yep. Looking at them, you'll go, wow. Yeah, well, I think I that cinematography is, has become almost like a catch-all phrase for, you know, things about a film that look good. When it's, yeah. I think it, it's supposed to be just lighting and framing, isn't it? It's how the I, picture looks and how. That's how it always used to be, um, and until kind of digital, to, and they never had to think about it really mm. until a lot of this did, and. But they've got special effects um, Oscars, yeah. Uh, and that's also about how good the CGI is and thing. And I think at the moment what we're getting is is a lot of prizes are getting that they're falling between the two stools. I think. Um, and I've never been one to I've never been kind of you know trying to be anti luddite or anything like that and go wow well, yeah move with the times granddad and things like that. that's not that's not the way i think and i've thought you know what, those films do look good and there is a skill there but actually maybe it is a different skill and maybe it's unfair to actually judge the cinematography of a film like 12 years a slave which i think was beautifully mm-hmm. shot and used uh, you know like you say lighting uh set design traditional photography techniques of a man there looking at a scene and saying that will look good as opposed to someone who can digitally alter a scene far more and say, right, well, I'm just going to put some extra lighting in there. I'm going to lighten that up. I'm going to change the colour on that. Um, I don't like that bit in there. Let's just digitally erase that. But now. then at the same time, don't you... I mean, I'm of a similar opinion, but I still think it's a little bit... I'm, it is a little bit harsh to criticise the cinematography in something like Gravity because mm. oh, yeah, no, it <laughs> looks good and they've done a really good job. And, and it's um uh, yeah, all I'm thinking is maybe it's a different skill and maybe there's a way that we can. I, I don't know. I'm not uh, I'm not a, a, you know a film professional, yeah. but part of me thinks and maybe this comes on to what our you know maybe someone's actually done this in their triple world. I don't know, um, but maybe there's a way we can actually celebrate both at the same time because it does feel a little bit like traditional cinematography is being crowded out um because it isn't as flashy and that's the thing we look at these films that have won it in recently hugo gravity avatar and yet you can see why maybe more traditional styles more traditional films in their cinematography have struggled to to win that oscar because people are wowed by the big flashy thing they see in front of their eyes which is not to diminish the work that those people do i'm just saying it's mm-hmm. it's a it's a slightly different, and it's a bit like you know we quite often use football analogies on here because we're we're football, but in a way it's a bit like um you rarely see a defender win the uh you know European Player of the Year or so the Balloon Door yeah you rarely see that because it's a different skill and it's a less eye catching skill than someone who scores fifty goals a season and things like that uh, and uh, strikers win games defenders win championships I don't know where that compares with films I don't know. <laughs> it's a lovely little cliche yeah. did you yeah. chuck in there I don't know, I don't know how it compares to film I'll think of something before the end of the podcast and I'll come back, we're, come back. We're, all, we're all on tenterhooks <laughs> um, um, but yeah so that that is interesting but I think that is something that at some point we are going to have to think about it. or you know because again Roger Deakins is you know is admired as one of the finest cinematographers of his generation possibly ever and he keeps losing out to to people who 
are, are doing potentially a different job. And I just think that's quite difficult. But that said, I think the film that Curon put together, um, yeah, I, ca- I can't can't dismiss Curon uh, or Gravity for winning the awards that it did because it did look fantastic and it was brilliantly directed. And it didn't pick up any awards where people said it had a weakness. It picked up the awards where people said that it was good. Um, I know some people had some issues possibly with the acting or the script and it didn't pick up those awards. So... I don't think anyone can moan about the awards that it won. Um, hmm. uh, going on to the acting awards then, I think, uh, yeah, both me and Owen had McConaughey and he won. Uh, Steve had Chuetto, Edgy of Four. Again, I, I, I wouldn't have minded either of those two winning. Or Leonardo DiCaprio, who caused or a Leonardo massive DiCaprio, who... internet meme overnight with uh, yes through Twitter yeah. for missing out again. I know, but I find that a bit weird because surely we all knew he was going to anyway. Mm. I find it a bit weird that this was the one that everyone kind of like, oh, I can't believe he's not won again. Because I, I really enjoyed him in that. But looking at the people he was up against, I didn't see him winning that. I'll be honest. I didn't. We might as well say now as well that best supporting actor went to Jared Leto for Dallas Buyers Club as well. So yeah. Buyers Club got best actor and best supporting actor. Yeah. And yeah. that works well. Where the the film wasn't as good as Twelve Years a Slave, mm. but the acting performances were as good, if not better. Yeah, they were the best <laughs> part of the film. Yeah, when we definitely. said that in our review, didn't we? Did we ever actually review that, or is that we did the <laughs> podcast? I can't remember. We've done it but twice, anyway, but only one's been published. Twice, yeah. yeah. Um, but again, that was one that we all had down, and yeah, I kind of, I, but I do feel a little bit. I think that that is. In a sense, a touch harsh on, harsh on Fassbender because yes. he, you know, if anyone has uh, a reason to feel hard done by, I think he does. That he came up against uh, a lot of momentum for Jared Leto. And who would have thought Jared Leto, mm. Um, mm. Oscar winner? That's an interesting one. And another thing I noticed as well, because obviously Jonah Hill was nominated there, and someone pointed out Jonah Hill's got more Oscar nominations than Gary Oldman. Um, <laughs> It's just, it's just weird. <laughs> and again, that's not saying uh, Jonah Hill is really good in that, but that's that's a weird thing. Yeah, that was a nice little weird start. That I had. Uh, best actress went to Kate Blanchett in Blue Jasmine, which I think every that was the most stuck on Oscar in, in a few years, I think. Uh, which you know, considering she was up against people like Judy Dench, Meryl Streep, uh, Amy Adams, and Sandra Bullock, again that was such a strong category actually. But symptomatic as the rest of the Oscars a really strong category but you kind of knew who was going to yes. win it, it was weird it was a weird night like that um and then best actress in supporting role out of the main ones this was the one that was I think most up in the air uh and it went to Lupita uh, Lupita Nyong'o isn't it yeah thank you um who Steve got right me and Owen went for Jennifer Lawrence me and Owen went down the BAFTA all oh, the Americans love Jennifer Lawrence mm. route but uh Steve that's one you got right you must be happy with that yeah I think I mean, I've seen the only one of those. I haven't seen Nebraska. I haven't seen Blue mm. Jasmine. But I think out of the three films I've seen, she definitely deserved that award. It was a very visceral performance. Yeah. Um, yeah, a really kind of powerful. It'll be interesting to see what she does next. Although she is in our I kind s- of short new year, uh, new release review this week. I was going to say, she? She, she pops up in nonstop. Um, yeah. The new film with Liam Neeson in his latest actioner. And yeah. uh, at first I was like, is that Lupita Nyong'o? I think it's Lupita <laughs> Nyong'o. She's nominated for an act, uh, best uh, supporting actress role. And then it's so like, it's oh dear, a... maybe that was just a one-off. Yeah, now they can market it as uh, non-stop <laughs> featuring the Oscar-winning 
Yeah. <laughs> so that's turned out quite nicely mm. for him. Um, moving on to a few of the kind of, uh, not more minor ones, but the, the ones that are a little bit more on yet. Although I think we all, uh, most of us said Frozen to win uh, best mm-hmm. uh, animated feature. Lego, which it Lego can't... released just too late, I suppose. Uh, no, Lego's going to pick up all the Oscars next year. That Lego's going to win Best Film next first, year. Yeah, first, first, <laughs> first cartoon to win Best Film. Yeah, that's it. Um, uh, best Original Song was Let It Go, uh, which, again, quite a few people got. Steve went out on a pump with the Moon Song. I've still not seen... Did it, Have either of you seen the highlights of the uh, Oscars yet? Nope. No. Because I do, I do want to see Karen O and was it the guy from Vampire Weekend did Moon Song, uh, like and big fan of Karen O. So uh, I want to kind of pick up on a few of these. Um, best foreign language film uh, did go to The Great Beauty. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've still not seen it, so I wanted The Hunt to win because I think The Hunt's an incredible film, but kind of thought that would go that way. One big shock then that we mm-hmm. did have. Um, best documentary went to Twenty Feet from Stardom over the act of killing. We all kind of had the act of killing. It's apart from the guy, I'll go keep keep him on ten hooks for a bit, who actually predicted twenty feet from stardom uh, as his as winner. I saw it in Glasgow last week, and it's a good documentary. It's, it's actually a really good documentary, but the, it getting the nod over the act of killing, I, I think, is an absolute disgrace. I'm mm. just going to come out and say it because it, it's a it's a nice, almost heartwarming documentary, but it's a little bit VH1 behind the music. It, I, I, I just don't see what's happened here, and I can only assume that the fact, and I, it, this is where I'm going to make some horrible assumptions about Academy judges, but I can only assume they were sent a three-hour edit of it, and they didn't like the fact that it wasn't in English, and they just didn't get the. I, I don't know why, because the act of killing. Well, you already know it was my favourite film of last year, but the thing is, it's it's what an Oscar-winning documentary should be about. It, it's actually enacted change in an entire country. Mm. And I, well, I just don't they, get. Did they send happened. the screeners out to everyone for that? Because isn't it like uh, there's uh, six thousand judges, isn't there? Oh, hang on. I think the documentary one works in a slightly different I think way. The few documentary years they changed yeah. it, didn't yeah. they? Yeah, they've got like a kind of a smaller group of. I think they uh, do. So I, I just, it's ridiculous. It I'm sorry, it's an absolute joke that it didn't well, win. Well, I was gutted that Blackfish wasn't nominated. And then, well, yeah. That, when I saw yeah. the act of killing, I was like, well, it didn't stand a chance anyway, because the act of killing yeah. is just a fantastic documentary, and it's obviously going to win the the award. But then yeah. nothing. It didn't get it, and I was um. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you know what? I'm I'm sure Joshua Oppenheimer um, yeah, he's happier with what he, he's happy with the real things that his documentary has achieved. I'm sure. I'm sure. He's not going to lose any sleep over it. <laughs> but I do think that is a sign of why. Do you know why? The Academy doesn't have the credibility that it wishes it had because it does make some dumbass decisions like that. Um, yeah. Uh, moving on to screenplay. I think screenplay is one of the ones which is always really open and no one really knows which way they're going to go. And I don't think any of us uh, got any of the screenplay. None of us predicted any of the screenplay winners. Um, I got them both last year, though. Yeah, you did. You did. That, that was in your big clean sweep last it. year. No, no um, boasting for me this year. No, that's it. Best adapted screenplay then went to Twelve Years a Slave, um, which yeah, it's best it's original script. screen. Oh no, it, no, you're right. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah, it's based on, it the, based the, book. on the book. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I still, I, I was, my my punt on that was 
based more in hope than expectation. I really wanted Before Midnight to win that because I it's, I loved that film. It's a, a brilliant script. And it's weird that it's in Best Adapted Screenplay because it's, it's based on previously created characters or yes, something like yeah. that. Which, um, and then Her won the Best Original Screenplay. That was my other big disappointment in the evening because I really didn't like Her that much. And I thought that the script was one of the weakest points of it. But clearly I'm massively in the minority. Yeah, well, um, I had American Hustle Down to win that. Mm. I think that was other than Jennifer Lawrence. So did I. Yeah, that was the other the other yeah uh, pick I had for American Hustle. I'm surprised it walked away with absolutely nothing. You know, uh, I'm disappointed because um, tw- I, I wanted it to win some stuff just to annoy people. In the <laughs> yeah. it, it's attracted a lot of hate for a film that I, I don't I don't know what people's problem is. I think people's big problem is that it got nominated for Oscars more than anything yes. else. I don't. Uh, that's that's the biggest issue people have got um and maybe there's a hangover from people who did, really didn't like silver linings playbook but i i don't know but yeah no it was quite a surprise to see that it didn't pick up anything um it's, but, it's you, know, you know david o. russell's happen, sort of um, a favorite of the academy at the moment isn't he yeah. so it was just a bit of a shock i thought yeah whether it deserved uh, to win any of them anyway considering no, what it was probably, up against probably didn't no probably didn't it was a strong year uh another year it may well have won some stuff but i think this was a strong year uh with some with some real obvious standouts and and i think on the whole they pretty much got this year right but i think that's also a bit of the the disappointment mm. is that it wasn't and I, i'll be honest i'm glad i didn't stay up and watch it because <laughs> it would have felt a little bit um just kind of routine um i've not heard brilliant things about ellen's hosting of it i've not heard horrible things i'm sure it wouldn't have annoyed me as much as seth mcfarland did last year <laughs> um yeah it just seemed quite a middle of the road oscars just a kind of mm. oh, i don't know so which is a shame because there were some really really great films in there um and on the whole i think pretty much the right people won um yeah, mm. I don't know what else to say. No. To right. Built up this big Oscar special. What, what turns out maybe there's not that much to say. Move the Oscar discussion to a close and announce who who's won a prize. Okay, so yes, um, with it only he only got one of these wrong as well. Mm. Um, Are you sure he didn't do that thing where you know we've seen it on Twitter lately where people send in every single possible outcome and then delete the <laughs> ones. You know, he's recalled all the emails that were the wrong answers and just left you the one with the right ones. What? I didn't know you could do that. I don't know if you... Yeah, um, yeah people have done wow. on Twitter lately. Okay. Oh, well, uh, no, because I actually read them before the uh, ceremony started and I thought, oh, interesting. Oh. Someone who'd done it with the the World Cup draw, I think it was, and switched. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. And then they oh, did... and then you go back and delete all your old ones. They... Welcome to this week's Failed Critics Podcast, Oscar special. Um, James is back from Glasgow Film Festival. Yeah, about a stone heavier, but yes, I am. I'm here, and I'm I'm, I'm an alcoholic and a stone heavier, but that's, that's Glasgow in a week for you. And Owen Hughes is here as well. Hello, hello, yes. 
Still and the I'm, same weight. <laughs> and I'm back once again as uh, James doesn't invite me and Owen for these kind of big events. I invited you to Glasgow, Steve. I, I was I was very welcoming. Yeah, you you to, just to didn't Steve. want to go north of the twelve. Yeah, well, yeah. Oh, oh, well, Owen's got a life. I knew Owen could. It was, you know, if it was I... one of those invites where you knew that me and Owen couldn't make it, so <laughs> it was a safe invite. Yeah, yeah that, maybe there's an element. That maybe in my subconscious there was an element. But I, I bet that, you but... had your wedding abroad, didn't you? I bet you. No, no, I don't. No. Do you know what I was? I, we were the ones that didn't. We were the ones that <laughs> stayed local so that Gran could see someone get wedded, get married before. Yeah. Uh, she's still going though. Uh, but yeah, everyone else like pissed off to Las Vegas or Claridge's in London. We, we've also not got the money to do that right. either. So that's yeah. So no, no, I, I was a bit of a local boy for that. But yeah, no, sorry about that, guys. I had a really good time hanging out with my new celebrity buddies and everything like that. It was uh, I, yeah. Uh, Pappies, what can I say? Fan of, fans of the podcast, I hope. Uh, well, they said, they, they said they would listen to it, which is which is a start. And um, and they didn't kind of ignore me when I went out drinking with them until half two in the morning. Whoa. I, am I forgot what that was like. I am free to join any kind of writing team collaboration <laughs> they want to do. I mean, as the funniest one on this podcast. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that, that's, that's it. I think. I think they thought I was Steve. I think that's what happened. They they listened to the podcast and assumed I, you know, that Steve had turned up because who else would turn up? So no, who else yeah, would turn up. I mean, well, yeah. <laughs> I feel a bit sorry because I keep now hearing that um, BBC Three is going to be axed or something, and that's where their new is sitcom is. Well, I, there's rumours that three BBC or... are going to ax BBC Three. Three or four is going. Yeah, and, and um, but I think it could be four because they could shift a lot of programs over to BBC Two yeah. easily. Mm. And I think they should actually, but yeah, let's not have that debate now. No. but it's just a rumor I've heard. But anyway, uh, but yeah, have, Glasgow was lovely. Have a Glasgow Film Festival special podcast out if you yes. haven't listened to it already, where James prattles on about films that he's seen. And- <laughs> These celebrities turn up as well, and it's all entertaining. Yeah. I actually listened to that one because I don't. Did you? I don't listen to these back because I I was on it. I don't need to listen to it. Yeah, that's right. But, uh, it's like those um actors that never watch the films they're in and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah, exactly like. That. <laughs> yeah, precisely. More or less. Um, <laughs> but onto onto the quiz. Owen is yes. uh, winning two one. He could beat me and um unleash hell. Yeah, it'd be his um, first win since he made us watch The Bay, which was a good film. Uh, when Owen last won, he was he was trying to be was... encouraging and get us to watch something that he thought was good. That's right. But since then, we've had Knowing and Bloody Cutthroat <laughs> Island. So <laughs> the gloves are off. off. That's it, man. <laughs> gloves are off. And James, start the quiz. OK, uh, we're going to start in 1988 uh, with Working Girl. Moving on to 1989 and uh, classic comedy. See no evil, hear no evil. Nothing. I've got nothing. Uh, 1991. Uh, It was a TV movie, but I remember seeing it given away with DVD players late in the 1990s. Uh, Darrow. Darrow? What the hell is that? (laughs) Right, okay, this this is going to open up a bit more. 1992, Glengarry Glen Ross. Could be anyone. 
I mean, is there films prior to 1988 that he's left out? So yeah. Somebody quite... Either well, quite I'll, I'll, I'll go for a punt then. I'll go for a punt. And Ed Harris? No. No. Uh, moving on to uh, 1994, Iron Will. Mm. Uh, also 1994, Swimming with Sharks. I'm going to miss out a big one in 95 and go for a different one in 1995 and say Outbreak. Outbreak. No, this is really getting quite obscure. Okay. It's going to be a mass uh, factor though, isn't it? It's, it's... 1997, LA Confidential. Owen, Kevin Spacey. Correct. Yes. I missed out the usual suspects, and I also missed out uh, Seven there as well because oh, he was course. technically uncredited uh, for that role. But uh, yes, so Owen, a three-one win. Yes. And uh, okay then. I'll pull the yeah. away and show you that you were both going to watch Transformers: Dark of the Moon. Oh, Jesus Christ, I've got that for free on my tablet. I can't even claim ignorance. <laughs> it's on Netflix UK as well. <laughs> oh, God. So Steve wondering... could watch it whilst playing Xbox, I guess. Now, I, I do need to know, and this is this could be this could be doubly horrifying mm-hmm. for me because mm-hmm. I'm a bit of a completist. Do I need to have watched the second one to know what's going oh, on in the third? To, yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> if, you, if you haven't watched two, you won't have a clue about three. It's, the, the, no, I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be that harsh, James. No, yeah. you don't have to sit through. No, okay. he doesn't have to. You haven't made him watch two. But if he wants to have a clue what's going on, I suggest he does. Okay. But, I'll see how my schedule is. I might just wiki it. <laughs> no, it's two and a half hours as well. Two hours thirty-four minutes, according to Netflix. What? What? Dark of the Moon. Dark is. of the Moon. Fuck me, so. babe. Bastard. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't know why I watched it, but now it's given me some sort of. Canada, Finally, uh, that yeah. free Google Play movie I got with my <laughs> kind of use good because I can watch it on the bus or something like that. Okay, wow, Owen, you've I've... Let, well, let's you've see. Have over you... there, haven't I? Let's see. Yeah, let's is, is this going to be a lower? Is this going to be lower than uh, knowing and uh, Cutthroat Island? This is going to be interesting. I, I sense a pattern because the fact is, no, this is a bit like the Ukrainian crisis at the moment. Uh, if we want to get a little bit, pol- no one's going to back away from this now. Is that it? I, I think I think there was a chance Owen could have tried to steer us to the path of righteousness, but no, Owen's decided to join this the dark side. This is an insight side. into how I play Risk. I don't play Risk very often, but you know, fuck <laughs> it, let's let's go for it. The world is going That's to burn. <laughs> so yes, Transformers: Dark of the Moon, third wow. Transformers film. I, I can okay. tell you now, I will be playing football manager throughout that. You know how much I hate that. You know how much I hate that yeah. bullshit, Steve. <laughs> I will come around and kick your ass. I will, I will not eat. Yeah, you know, I will only have half an eye on the film. I think that's all you need on a Michael Bay film. <laughs> you need five you eyes on a Michael Bay film for the action sequences. <laughs> you need some kind of <laughs> anyway, on, on from Michael Bay, who would never win an Oscar, to some people who have won Oscars. Yes. As the uh, 2014 awards uh, this Sunday night just gone. Um, and largely, I think, what people would expect, really. Yeah, it was. Uh, beforehand, we I, I think we were quite impressed by the calibre of um, the nominees. I, I, I think we all agreed that there, there were some there were some really good, strong categories here. 
But at the same time, on the actual night, there wasn't really any surprises. Well, there, there were one or two surprises, and we'll come on to those. But I think certainly amongst the bigger prizes, pretty much as you'd expect, wouldn't you say? Yeah, and yeah. even with the shops, it wasn't sort of like any were undeserved either. It was just kind of... Mm. I think yeah. the biggest shocks was who didn't win anything. Yeah, yeah, rather definitely. Rather than who did end up winning stuff, so... Yeah, yeah. Uh, but what we'll do is we'll go down through each category because we also had a competition that actually a few people did enter to see if they could beat us in predictions. Um, and someone did. Actually, a few people did, but <laughs> someone got more than we did. Uh, someone got the most. Um, so let's just very quickly. Best picture went to 12 Years a Slave. All three of us predicted it. Pretty much everyone predicted that. Worthy winner? Yeah, yeah. I'm really, really pleased it won. Definitely. Really pleased. Yeah, I, I think it, it's an important film. Um, it, it just about trod that line between being kind of a please give me an Oscar film and actually being genuinely worthy and important. I thought that, I thought it was really good. Uh, first film directed by a black actor to win Best Picture, but we didn't have the first uh, black director uh, winning. Uh, best director that went to Alfonso Cuarón for Gravity. Again, I think we all pretty much thought that's what was going to happen oh no steve steve took a punt there because me and owen were being boring in the same steve took a punt on 12 years a slave I mean, this, uh, this steve mcqueen scored so lowly i took a lot of punts to try and you different did. and make you did you, you took one for the team there steve you took one for the team um and i, I think that would have been a good story as well i i, I personally i i think i would have I would have preferred Steve McQueen to pick up Best Director if I'm, you know, it what I wanted in my heart. But I thought Curran would get it. I did really like Gravity. It was a great achievement. And I've not got a huge, I've not got a problem with it at all. Um, but yeah, I, I think where we might have, and let's talk about it because it wasn't one of the categories that we nominated. Gravity also won Best Cinematography, and I know we've had this conversation before, but I'm actually. I'm finding myself being drawn more towards Owen, Owen's point of view in terms of um, what the hell you know, is cinematography? Is cinematography? Yeah, and I, I, I'm starting to feel. And someone pointed out that the last five winners of best cinematography were all massively digital and green screen and everything. Uh, yeah, you've, they've included Hugo, Avatar, um, Life of Pi, Gravity, and I can't remember the other one, but the other one was quite a kind of green screeny type affair as well looking at those films they they make they do even though some of those films weren't exactly great in terms mm. of plot and story i'm thinking of avatar and yep. i'm thinking of in my opinion gravity in terms of plot and story. Yep. looking at them you'll go wow yeah well, i think I that cinematography is has become almost like a catch-all phrase for you know things about a film that look good when it's yeah. i think it's it's supposed to be just lighting and framing, isn't it? It's how the I, picture looks and how. That's how it always used to be, um, and until kind of digital, to, and they never had to think about it really mm. until a lot of this did. And but they've got special effects, um, Oscars, yeah, uh, and that's also about how good the CGI is and things. And I think at the moment what we're getting is is a lot of prizes are getting that they're falling between the two stools. I think. Um, and I've never been one to, I've never been kind of, you know, trying to be anti-Luddite or anything like that and go, wow, you know, move with the times, granddad and things like that. That's not, that's not the way I think. And I've thought, you know, those films do look good and there is a skill there, but actually maybe it is a different skill and maybe it's unfair 
to actually judge the cinematography of a film like 12 Years a Slave, which I think was beautifully mm-hmm. shot and used, uh, you know, like you say, lighting, uh, set design, traditional photography techniques of a man there looking at a scene and saying that will look good, as opposed to someone who can digitally alter a scene far more and say right well i'm just going to put some extra lighting in there i'm going to lighten that up i'm going to change the color on that um i don't like that bit there let's just digitally erase that but then at the same time don't you i mean i'm of a similar opinion but i still think it's a little bit it is a little bit harsh to criticize the cinematography in something like gravity because oh yeah it looks good and they've done a really good job and and it's um uh, yeah all i'm thinking is maybe it's a different skill and maybe there's a way that we can i I don't know i'm not uh i'm not a a, you know a film professional but part of me thinks and maybe this comes on to what you know maybe someone's actually done this in their triple book i don't know um but maybe there's a way we can actually celebrate both at the same time because it does feel a little bit like traditional cinematography is being crowded out um because it isn't as flashy uh, that, that's the thing we look at these films that have won it in recently hugo gravity avatar and yet you can see why maybe more traditional styles more traditional films in their cinematography have struggled to to win that oscar because people are wowed by the big flashy thing they see in front of their eyes which is not to diminish the work that those people do i'm just saying it's mm-hmm. it's a it's a slightly different, and it's a bit like you know we quite often use football analogies on here because we're with football, but in a way it's a bit like um you rarely see a defender win the uh you know European Player of the Year or so Balloon Door yeah you rarely see that because it's a different skill and it's a less eye catching skill than someone who scores fifty goals a season and things like that uh, and uh, strikers win games defenders win championships I don't know where that compares with films I don't know. <laughs> it's a lovely little cliche yeah, did you yeah. chuck in there I don't know, I don't know how it compares to film I'll think of something before the end of the podcast and I'll come back, well, come back. We're, all, we're all on tenterhooks <laughs> um, um, but yeah so that that is interesting but I think that is something that at some point we are going to have to think about or you know because again Roger Deakins is you know is admired as one of the finest cinematographers of his generation possibly ever and he keeps losing out to to people who are, are doing potentially a different job. And I just think that's quite difficult. But that said, I think the film that Curon put together, um, yeah, I, ca- I can't can't dismiss Curon uh, or Gravity for winning the awards that it did because it did look fantastic and it was brilliantly directed. And it didn't pick up any awards where people said it had a weakness. It picked up the awards where people said that it was good. Um, I know some people had some issues possibly with the acting or the script and it didn't pick up those awards. So I don't think anyone can moan about the awards that it won. Um, hmm. uh, going on to the acting awards then, I think, uh, yeah, both me and Owen had McConaughey and he won. Uh, Steve had Chuetto, Edgy of Four. Again, I, I, I wouldn't have minded either of those two winning. Or Leonardo DiCaprio, who caused all Leonardo massive DiCaprio, who internet meme overnight with uh, yes through Twitter yeah. for missing out again. I know, but I, I find that a bit weird because surely we all knew he was going to anyway. Mm. I find it a bit weird that this was the one that everyone kind of like, oh, I can't believe he's not won again because I, I really enjoyed him in that. But looking at the people he was up against, I didn't see him winning now, I'll be honest. I didn't... We might as well say now as well that Best Supporting Actor went to Jared Leto for Dallas Buyers Club as well. 
yeah. Fires Club got Best Actor and Best Supporting Actor. Yeah. And I think yeah. that works well. Where the, the film wasn't as good as 12 Years a Slave, mm. but the acting performances were as good, if not better. Yeah, they were the best part of the film. <laughs> yeah, we definitely. said that in our review, didn't we? Did we ever actually review that, or is that we on did. the Fake <laughs> podcast? I can't remember. We've done it but twice, anyway, but only one's been published. Twice, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but again, that was one that we all had down, and yeah, I kind of. I, but I do feel a little bit. I think that that is, in a sense, a touch harsh on harsh on Fastbender yes. because he, you know, if anyone has uh, a reason to feel hard done by, I think he does. That he came up against uh, a lot of momentum for Jared Leto, and who would have thought Jared Leto, mm. Um, mm. Oscar winner? That's an interesting one. And another thing I noticed as well, because obviously Jonah Hill was nominated there, and someone pointed out Jonah Hill's got more Oscar nominations than Gary Oldman. Um, <laughs> It's just, it's just weird. <laughs> and again, that's not saying that Jonah Hill is really good in that, but that's that's a weird thing. Yeah, that was a nice little weird start. That I had. Uh, best actress went to Kate Blanchett in Blue Jasmine, which I think every that was the most stuck on Oscar in a few years, I think. Uh, which you know, considering she was up against people like Judy Dench, Meryl Streep, uh, Amy Adams, and Sandra Bullock, again, that was such a strong category actually. But symptomatic as the rest of the Oscars, a really strong category, but you kind of knew who was going to yes. win. It, it was weird. It was a weird night like that. Um, and then Best Actress in Supporting Role. Out of the main ones, this was the one that was, I think, most up in the air. Uh, and it went to Lupita, uh, Lupita Nyong'o. Nyong'o, isn't it? Yeah, thank you. Um, who Steve got right. Me and Owen went for Jennifer Lawrence. Me and Owen went down the BAFTA, all oh, the Americans love Jennifer Lawrence mm. route. But uh, Steve, that's one you got right. You must be happy with that. Yeah, I think... I mean, I've seen the only one of those. I haven't seen Nebraska. I haven't seen Blue mm. Jasmine. But I think out of the three films I've seen, she definitely deserved that award. It was a very visceral performance. Yeah. Um, yeah, a really kind of powerful. It'll be interesting to see what she does next. Although she is in our I kind see. of short New Year uh, new release review this week. I was going to say, she? She, she pops up in non-stop. Um, yeah. The new film with Liam Neeson in his latest actioner. And yeah. uh, at first I was like, is that Lupita Nyong'o? I think it's Lupita <laughs> Nyong'o. She's nominated for an act, uh, best uh, supporting actress role. And then it's so like, it's oh dear, a... maybe that was just a one-off. Yeah, now they can market it as uh, non-stop <laughs> featuring the Oscar-winning yeah. actress. <laughs> so that's turned out quite nicely mm. for them. Um, moving on to a few of the kind of, uh, not more minor ones, but the, the ones that are a little bit more on yet. Although I think we all... Uh, most of us said Frozen to win uh, best mm-hmm. uh, animated feature, Lego, which it Lego um, released just too late. I uh, no, Lego's going to pick up all the Oscars next year. That Lego's going to win best film next first, year. Yeah, nah. first, <laughs> first cartoon to win best film. Yeah, that's it. Um, uh, best original song was Let It Go, uh, which again quite a few people got. Steve went out on a pump with the Moon song. I've still not seen. Did it, have you have you seen the highlights of the? Uh, oscars yet no because i do i do want to see karen o and was it the guy from vampire weekend did moon song uh like and big fan of karen o so uh, i want to kind of pick up on a few of these um best foreign language film uh did go to the great beauty mm-hmm. uh i've still not seen it so i wanted the hunt to win because i think the hunt's an incredible film but kind of thought that would go that way one big shock then that we mm-hmm. did have um Best documentary went to 20 Feet from Stardom over the act of killing. Uh, we all kind of had the act of killing. It's, apart from the guy, you know, I'll go 
keep keep him on ten hooks for a bit. Who actually predicted twenty feet from stardom uh, as his as winner? I saw it in Glasgow last week, and it's a good documentary. It's, it's actually a really good documentary, but the, it getting the nod over the act of killing, I, I think, is an absolute disgrace. I'm mm. just going to come out and say it because it, it's a it's a nice, almost heartwarming documentary, but it's a little bit VH1 behind the music. It I, I, I just don't see what's happened here, and I can only assume that the fact, and I, it, this is where I'm going to make some horrible assumptions about Academy judges, but I can only assume they were sent a three-hour edit of it, and they didn't like the fact that it wasn't in English, and they just didn't get the... I, I don't know why, because The Act of Killing, well, you already know it was my favourite film of last year, but the thing is, it's, it's what an Oscar-winning documentary should be about. It, it's actually an active change in an entire country, mm. and... I, well, I just did don't they, get. Did they send happen. the screeners out to everyone for that? Because isn't it like there's uh, six thousand judges, isn't there? Oh, hang on. The, I think the documentary one works in a slightly different I think way. The few documentary years they changed it, yeah. They? yeah, they've got like a kind of a smaller group of. I think they uh, do. So I, I just, it's ridiculous. It I'm sorry, it's an absolute joke that it didn't work. Well, I was gutted that Blackfish wasn't nominated. And then, well, yeah. That, when I saw yeah. the act of killing, I was like, well, it didn't stand a chance anyway, because the act of killing yeah. is just a fantastic documentary, and it's obviously going to win the the award. But then yeah. nothing. It didn't get it, and I was um. No. Uh, yeah. And you know what? I'm I'm sure Joshua Oppenheimer um, yeah, he's happier with what he, he's happy with the real things that his documentary has achieved. I'm sure. I'm sure. He's not going to lose any sleep over it. <laughs> but I do think that is a sign of why. Do you know why? The Academy doesn't have the credibility that it wishes it had because it does make some dumbass decisions like that. Um, yeah. Uh, moving on to screenplay. I think screenplay is one of the ones which is always really open and no one really knows which way they're going to go. And I don't think any of us uh, got any of the screenplay. None of us predicted any of the screenplay winners. Um, I got them both last year, though. Yeah, you did. You did. That, that was in your big clean sweep last it. year. No, no um, boasting for me this year. No, that's it. Best adapted screenplay then went to Twelve Years a Slave, um, which yeah, it's best it's original script. screen. Oh no, it, no, you're right. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah, it's based on, it the, based the, book. on the book. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I still, I, I was, my my punt on that was based more in hope than expectation. I really wanted Before Midnight to win that because I, it's, I loved that film. It's a, a brilliant script, and it's weird that it's in best adapted screenplay. It's because it's based on previously created characters or yes, something like yeah. that. Which it, um, and then her won the best original screenplay. That was my other big disappointment in the evening because I really didn't like her that much, and I thought that the script was one of the weakest points of it. But clearly, I'm massively in the minority. Yeah, well, um, I had American Hustle Dame to win that. Mm. I think that was other than Jennifer Lawrence. So did I. Yeah. That was the other the other yeah uh, pick I had for American Hustle. I'm surprised it walked away with absolutely nothing. You know. Uh, I'm disappointed because um, tw- I, I wanted it to win some stuff just to annoy people. In the <laughs> yeah. it, it's attracted a lot of hate for a film that I, I don't I don't know what people's problem is. I think people's big problem is that it got nominated for Oscars more than anything yes. else. I don't. Uh, that's that's the biggest issue people have got um and maybe there's a hangover from people who did, really didn't like silver linings playbook but i i don't know but yeah no it was quite a surprise to see that it didn't pick up anything um it's, but, it's you, know, you know david o. russell's happen, sort of um a favorite of the academy at the moment isn't he yeah. so it was just a bit of a shock i thought yeah whether it deserved uh, to win any of them 
anyway, considering no, what it was probably, up against. Probably didn't. No, probably didn't. It was a strong year. Uh, another year, it may well have won some stuff, but I think this was a strong year uh, with some with some real obvious standouts. And and I think on the whole, they pretty much got this year right. But I think that's also a bit of the the disappointment mm. is that it was. And I, I'll be honest, I'm glad I didn't stay up and watch it because <laughs> it would have felt a little bit. Um, just kind of routine um i've not heard brilliant things about ellen's hosting of it i've not heard horrible things i'm sure it wouldn't have annoyed me as much as seth mcfarland did last year <laughs> um yeah it just seemed quite a middle of the road oscars just a kind of mm. oh, i don't know so which is a shame because there were some really really great films in there um and on the whole i think pretty much the right people won um yeah, mm. I don't know what else to say. Yeah. Right. Built up this big Oscar special. What, what and it turns out maybe there's not that much to say. Move the Oscar discussion to a close and announce who who's won a prize. Okay, so yes, um, with it only he only got one of these wrong as well. Mm. Um, Are you sure he didn't do that thing where you know we've seen it on Twitter lately where people send in every single possible outcome and then delete <laughs> the ones. You know, he's recalled all the emails that were the wrong answers and just left you the one with the right ones. What? I didn't know you could do that. I don't know if you... Yeah, um, yeah people have done wow. Twitter lately. Okay. Oh, well, uh, no, because I actually read them before the uh, ceremony started and I thought, oh, interesting. Oh. Someone who'd done it with the the World Cup draw, I think it was, and Twitter. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. And then they oh, did... and then you go back and delete all your old ones. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Possible group outcome for the World Cup. Yeah. Then deleted all the wrong answers, yeah. and, and you know, and then tried to claim that it was fixed or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no, I see, I see what you're saying there. Yes. Uh, no, no. This was, um, it was Paul Field, um, yep. who I've been chatting to on Twitter recently. Is it P Faster? Mm-hmm. Yeah, at P Faster. Uh, so Paul, well done. You got 11 out of 12 right there. Uh, me and Owen only managed eight, so you beat both of us very comfortably. And he wins an uh, amazing prize as well. He wins an amazing. I will just say as well, Paul Fisher managed to get nine as well. So uh, Paul Fisher, who was on the podcast last week, he also predicted he beat us as he well. But uh, yeah, so you, uh, you Paul, uh, win a copy of drum roll. Hang on. Um, Cutthroat Island on uh, on that fancy new. Uh, video format dvd uh a copy of a second hand <laughs> but you know probably worth even more because both owen and i have touched it oh yeah uh, he's got it at the moment because owen could sign it uh no owen sent it back to me as soon as Jake, he could he got it out Jake of his house like, just pp like it dead... just pp it just put my yeah i'll just pp <laughs> yeah like a dead rat owen was like no i'm getting this out of my house i can't have this in my house any longer Sorry. um and and you know what I'll find some other DVDs I just don't want. Uh, and, and I'll kind of put together a little care pack. So, uh, Paul, you've got my email. Um, I'll email you. So, yeah, send me your address and uh, you'll get a little kind of care package of unwanted DVDs, a, which is... A failed critic's badge that, unlike a Blue Peter badge, won't get you into National Trust places for free. In fact, no, anyway. it won't even stick to you. It won't have a pin <laughs> or anything like that. It, it's, it's a failed prize. We're not allowed to give out pins, health and safety. Yeah, especially with most of our listeners. They yeah, probably don't even have like pens. Yeah. Um, hey. <laughs> he did He did send his entry in in crayon. Ba-dum. Most of our listeners have to have those little mittens that are sewed to the inside. <laughs> of the 
<laughs> yeah, let's that's, that's just, that's just get that's rid just of it. Yeah, all these listeners as well, I think. work so hard to build up with that really fluky appearance on the iTunes front page. <laughs> <laughs> let's just get rid of a bit of stroke, yeah. Um, so, no, well done, Paul. Um, so that prize will be winging its way to you at some point soon. Excellent. Uh, that's this point. We'll take a break. We'll be back with a return of Triple Bill after it. So, Triple Bill uh, this time round is a, a, a three suggestions each of what we would do to improve the Oscars. What would us three do to improve the greatest show on earth, allegedly? <laughs> The Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> Move it to half time of the Super Bowl. There's that's, that's my fourth. That would be yeah. <laughs> anyway, yes, uh, so we have each picked three things that we would do to improve uh, the Oscars ceremony. Um James, your idea so you can start us off. Okay, yeah. So yeah, I thought, you know what, if we were in charge, what would we do? And it's not necessarily that it's a bad thing. Um all that, you know, but yeah, I think it needs a bit of livening up. Um, so I've got a few ideas. Um, and do you know what? The first one um, is quite a simple one. Uh, stop having it on a bleeding Sunday night, okay? Because mm-hmm. I could back watch to work it. the next day, haven't they? Yeah, exactly. That, that's it. It's elitist. It's saying, look, we don't have to work on a Monday because we're actors and directors. Um, so we're going to have a party on Sunday night. Cameramen and everyone, just as important. Yeah. You know, they've got to go back to work the next day. Can't go out. Exactly. All these after parties and things like that are elitist because it and, and do you know, I think it's because they know that there won't be that many people out in the bars of L.A. because like normal people have got Monday morning jobs well, to go to. It is to. L.A. So, yeah. Well, yeah, actually, yeah. They're, they're, well, it's all the people who have to go back and do their part time working at a coffee shop because yeah. they haven't got their big break yet. Um, and. Yeah, but across the world, I, I don't mind that it doesn't start until 11.30 at p.m. in the UK, or midnight even. I don't mind that. Don't make me take Monday morning off, because I couldn't this year, which meant I couldn't watch it. That's really damn annoying. And I think, move it to a Saturday night, and climb with free booze as well. So I think they must already get that, but they don't seem to act like it. So my first thing is, move it to a night of the week when people will actually watch it. Uh, and we'll be able to stay up and get drunk watching it and not have to worry about the next morning. That's just really simple thing for them there. Um, next one is actually a bit of a serious one, um, a bit potentially controversial, and that is get rid of best foreign language picture. Okay. And what I'm going to do instead, I'm going to get rid of best... Because what you find is that some incredible films get shunted off to the kind of near the beginning of the ceremony... Um, as if like foreign language films are in some way inferior to the American. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Shut it. Um, although obviously, you know, only foreign language because English films now and again get a token nomination and things like that because, you know, they're in the English language. I say get rid of best foreign language picture, but I'm going for affirmative action here. I'm working to combat years of xenophobia and uh, of the Academy. And that is no... All films are in there, and a world, a foreign language nominee must be present in every category instead. So, best film has to have at least one foreign language picture in there. Best actor has to have at least one foreign language performance. That so get rid of foreign language and actually start bringing the world of because it feels to me the Oscars feels really, really insular, more insular than he, than the Baftas. 
um, certainly more insular than like the Caesars and things. Like that. I actually said, you know what? This is about the, the if the Academy, if the Oscars wants to be the pinnacle of film, if it wants to be about the crowning glory, then why aren't more brilliant performances and films actually given a shot at winning it so that that would be my next thing is you know let's let's encourage world cinema let's encourage it and then the people of the world might want to watch it a little bit more if they had a a chance of seeing their film up there um at the same time you'd also get rid of this ridiculous idea where each country gets to choose one film to put forward what if there are two fantastic films from france one year Mm -hmm. how is this weird socialist nonsense about well only one could and it, it's you've just got so much potential for corruption there because you know it, who knows why a country would pick its film and not pick a certain film so actually just go we won't leave it up to countries to nominate what they think their best film is we'll just choose the best films and one of them is going at least one of them is going to be a world cinema film uh so that that's my second one and finally uh, and i think the time has come for the Oscars to have a kind of truth and reconciliation committee. Um, uh, kind of similar to when countries that have been through severe military dictatorships go back and have an inquest and look at the past wrongs that this corrupt dynasty has enacted on their people. And I think the Oscars needs to go back and say, do you know what? A bit like, again, another football analogy here. You know, like in uh, Sierra, when they found out that a load of team well not a load of teams some teams had bribed referees and so they stripped them of their league titles and said actually no these were the guys that won that league title and they changed the records and everything we need to do that with the oscars someone needs to go back and go yeah why did crash win an oscar that was utter nonsense right so i want a committee to go back and go no that we made such a foolish what, mistake what dub- we're going to change that because that what was that kind of like a dubious goals panel yeah exactly <laughs> and go what, hang on, what, Pulp Fiction didn't win in 90... No, we're not having that, right? No, we're retrospectively going back there. Um, there's going to be hearings. It's going to be in public. I'm going to I'm gonna get the judges to come forward and explain exactly why they voted for some of these films. Would you go as um, far as actors as well? I would go as far as actors as well. Films and acting performances. As far as possible, do you have to get the same committee back that were doing the film of that year that you're... Yeah, I, I, under oath. I'm going to depose them under oath. It's going to be like the McCarthy witch hunts, basically. Why the hell did you vote for that? What were you thinking? What films did you actually see that year? Did you only see that film? I'm going to, I'm going to destroy them because uh, I think, A, it would make for great television. Um, yeah, because obviously... Oh, so this would be like a reality TV type shit. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's, show, it's essentially show trial. It would be like a glorious uh, trial live on telly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a show trial. You made such an epic fuck up here. Uh, we're going to rake you over the coals and we're finally going to give people like Alfred Hitchcock a damn Oscar. Uh, we're going to give, do you know, we can give Leonardo DiCaprio his Oscar as well. Let's get it to Leonardo DiCaprio as well. We'll find, we'll find a film that we can give it to him for. I know. And this, what's happening here is I'm becoming as corrupt as the people (laughs) are. Yeah. And that's just, it's like animal farm. Um, but it, it, you know, it, some people are more equal than others. Um, so clearly I'm volunteering to head up this, truth and reconciliation committee and purge hollywood of people who don't know about film um so yeah there we go that's my three ideas to improve the oscars i think they're all absolute winners well i've got um three ideas none of them that serious (laughs) (laughs) The the, the first two i want to introduce some new categories into the oscars to kind of 
celebrate films that don't get celebrated at big awards dues, uh, even though the BAFTA has uh, a kind of uh, a section for this kind of uh, of one of these types of films. Anyway, the first new category I want to create is best comedy. Okay. Because comedies don't tend to get nominated for kind of best picture. They're not the kind of film you're going to see as best picture. But yep. comedies bring joy to everyone. It's the kind of thing they're there to do. And comedy, yep. doing a good comedy is just as much of an art as doing a good drama. Uh, I, no, I, I agree with mm-hmm. you, Steve. Yeah, We, we uh, talked about this on the Golden Globes. Uh, yeah, Golden and that's, Globes I think that's one of the things that the Golden Globes does right, is at least the Golden Globes every year actually celebrates, the, like you say, this very difficult art form. Yeah. The other, like it, Steve. The other one, yeah. On a similar note, but, uh, but you know, less serious, is the best blockbuster. Okay. What's your criteria? Um, I don't know. Like, just... You realise <laughs> you might be handing Michael Bay an Oscar here. You realise this no, is a kind no, of work you are potentially. He can't do a good blockbuster, so he got no chance. <laughs> he might have won one for Bad Boys. But I'm, but I'm thinking, <laughs> well, maybe he could have done when he was good the one time. Yeah. You know. I'm thinking of stuff like generally all the superhero films that we're getting yeah. so many of now and some are so good and action films going back to things like, you know, Die Hard and things like that. So celebrate that kind of film. Mm-hmm. Because you could do it by budget, couldn't you? Something that's yeah. budget yeah. and not, um, I don't know, not a serious drama or I don't know how you would define what a serious drama is. But yeah, yeah, I, think, I like it as well. I think that's really good. Yeah. Two criteria for it will be budget and number of explosions <laughs> right. budget times by explosion <laughs> budget times explosions squared by car chases like it we'll get that, the guys at harvard on it yeah. divided by gratuitous shops uh, shots of flesh of the female star there we go there's your how many yeah, cleavage shots formula. can they fit in the yeah. film yeah. yeah i like it too it's quite interesting because i do remember um like Mark Commode talking about, I can't. It was either The Dark Knight or The Dark Knight Rises. He was talking about how it should have been nominated for an Oscar because it was a brilliant film. That it must have been The Dark Knight. I don't think he t- no. was that um, complimentary. I don't think he hated Rises, but anyway. But I remember him and and Bond as well. He was really, he really, really thought. I think he hoped more than anything else. But he was really, really banging the drum for Skyfall to have got a uh, a best film nomination. Uh, last year, I think, which I think, which I think, uh, actually, I think that would have been a fair nomination, well, I, as well, I, considering if, incredibly loud and bollocksy boring got a <laughs> got a nomination. I think so gave Sky for it though, because it, it was like the 50th year of Bond. I think mm. you were more giving it for for Bond as a whole. I still think it was one of the better, best films of that year. I honestly do. Yeah, one of my favourite Bond films. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, no, I agree with you, Steve. Th- those films are kind of both both those new categories you come up with are categories of films which are almost automatically disregarded by um, people without an academy. In the same way that although Twelve Years a Slave was utterly brilliant, people automatically were prepared were calling it just because of its just because of what it was and its its story. They went, well, that's that's an Oscar nominated film. Uh, with you know, before even seeing it, I think people go, "Well, that's going to win a load of Oscars." Oscar just because bait, of the type yeah. of Oscar bait, and so the anti-Oscar bait, I think we could do with celebrating Steve. Yes, well, I mean this year was a, this year going back to the first one was it was a great year for comedy. You had uh, the World's End, This Is the End, and Alpha Papa, plus some others I'm probably forgetting. But there's three 
brilliant comedies yeah. off the top of my head that, you know, were excellent. Alpha Papa should have been nominated for a BAFTA. Alpha Papa yeah. really should have yeah. nominated for it. I, I, I still think, um, yeah, it was a brilliant film. But yeah, okay, Steve, what's your third one? My third one is, um, you know, people, they go on too long in their speeches. Yeah. So I want some really comedy ways, old school comedy ways of, of getting in the stop. So you've got, yeah. you've got, the, the, you've got some obvious ones. So you've got trapdoor, you know, they yeah. go on, <laughs> trapdoor open. They can have some yeah. kind of, you know, old school mat, gym mat or whatever you, like, you used to get when you yeah. trampoline at school underneath so they don't hurt themselves. They just pop. Yeah. That's one. The old, yeah. you see like, the cane come from the, from the curtain, the solar stage, you know, yeah, off. yeah, that classic uh, or custard pie in the face. Yeah. Classic. Uh, you know, just when you can on to Kanye West jumping up saying, I'm going to let you finish, but, uh, I, Beyonce I, I did like, the best video of all time. I just, you know, I just want people who are going on too long and really being a bit irritating just to be humiliated. Yeah. In the most, again, though, possible. In or, the Golden Globes, don't they just play music over the top of them? They do. So they really disrespect. It feels really horrible actually when they all that. What you need the, the final, the final one, right? And this yeah. is reserved for, for people. This will really bring them down. This, this yeah. speech that they're trying to be all sincere and everything. They're just <laughs> warbling on, and no one really cares anymore. Everyone wants to just shut up. What I want, and this will give them a bit of limelight, which is probably quite important is the Chuckle Brothers to come and start doing a sketch behind them while they're doing, <laughs> doing their wow. speech. And that will just humiliate them so that's, much. That's that, a surrealist masterpiece you've come across. That will break down so much. You know, yeah. giving it the old to me, to you, to me, to you, old dear old <laughs> stuff. Right behind Halle Berry crying her eyes out or whatever. Yeah. Excellent. I just have a guy from Holy Motors coming out of like a sewer behind them or something, just to freak everyone out. See, I, I think they should take a, a leaf from the wrestling I used to watch when I was younger. And like while they're talking, <laughs> except nothing, all of a sudden Stone Cold Steve Austin's music kicks in uh, and he starts storming down the stage. Or maybe the, the theme tune from another film kicks in and like Brad Pitt jumps off the on stage did, with a hammer. The person yes. who didn't win, the person who didn't win, the music from their film comes on. And they come up and start calling them out. Yeah, and like, then then they have a ladder match like, on stage. <laughs> Whoever that can get the title from the top of the, the ladder wins. Yeah. yeah there's one exactly. Imagine McConaughey's there getting it, and Clooney decides to come out and body slams. Maybe him. there's Fucking one Oscar up for grabs, and I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Royal Rumble style. Yeah, we'll pick thirty <laughs> actors get in a ring, last one standing wins. Right, best actor, there's thirty of you get in there and fight for it. So you want it the most. <laughs> Right, people don't care that much because they're not all about the awards. They're about the films, not awards. They don't care about. Some people yeah. really go for it and they'll climb over dead bodies. Leo, Leo would end up with an award. Leo would get an award. You know, you can see he feels it. He wants it. You'd get people Whereas, like uh, uh, Woody Allen sending in someone else on his behalf, though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. that'd be yeah. <laughs> that, that clearly, well, uh, that's massively improved the Oscars for me. Yeah. Great stuff, Brilliant. Steve. I can't follow that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're gonna have to. Uh. <laughs> So in go. Okay, well, try, still trying to keep the podcast quite light. I've got one jokey one, one moany one, and one serious-ish one. So I'll start with um, the one. You know, obviously, I'm not when I say serious-ish, I'm not talking about you know scrapping the Oscars until everyone in the film industry is actually paid a fair and equal wage. That one is a given. But the first serious one. About All right, lefty. Is, <laughs> boring. <laughs> is to give awards. 
for uh, stuntmen and women and the coordinators. Yes. Yes. Um, you know, yeah. people like someone like Zoe Bell, for example, who I only knew about. I only found out about when I watched Death Proof. And then it was only reading up about that. And you go, oh, right. So she she was actually a stunt actress, but she wasn't really getting any recognition for that. And uh, so she had to sort of start appearing as an actress in films and stuff. So, you know, she she was overlooked for a long time. And, you know, I read an interview with uh, Jason Statham a while back. Mm. And he says about how uh, these guys were always overlooked in film production. Everyone just yeah. gets about them. You, are you, OK, so a lot of stunts these days are CGI or you do get mm. people like, um, Tom Cruise or Jackie Chan even who who do their they own. do their own yeah um, but a lot of these actors are made to look as good as they are by their stunt doubles mm-hmm. uh, yeah you know a little recognition in the form of an award at the Oscars wouldn't go amiss I th- oh no I completely agree with you even if it is just in the technical categories <laughs> but just some recognition for an incredible art form yeah. and people people who actually out of pretty much everyone in the film industry genuinely put their lives on the line exactly and some have lost their lives and uh, it's you know the, the, i yeah i totally agree yeah. i think that's a great shout so that's that's my my first one which is the serious one yeah. and then uh, my second one which is the money one uh, which is about the show itself is just mm-hmm. cut out half of the awards from the, the bit that's that's shown on tv it's just yeah. you just need all people are interested in. Okay, no disrespect to any of the the categories like uh, you know best hair, hair and makeup. makeup, you know all the different ones for sound editing and sound mixing and yeah. all that. Fine, I, you know I appreciate they deserve some recognition. Of course they do, um, but just have the main six awards yeah. as part of the show. Make it an hour long, you know best yeah. picture, best actor and support, actress and support and director. Yeah. Possibly best foreign film if James hasn't got rid of it. No, it's well. gone. It's gone already. Okay, <laughs> too late. Um, but it's just it it makes the whole thing feel really bloated and quite yeah. smug. I think. Like I say, I don't want to sound like I'm moaning about people who. No, I, I know what you mean. But just because it, it's... we're talking about the show to people at home, and yeah, that they don't know they don't know the difference between sound mixing and sound editing. It, it, there's there's like two awards for sound, isn't there? Yeah. Like that. There's like one for sound mixing, one for sound, or something. I, I sound engineer. I see. Even I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I say even I don't know as if I'm some, some kind of great <laughs> knowledge on this. But yeah, no, I agree with it's you. People a, at home. It's all yeah. a bit backslappy, isn't it? A bit of a, a bit of a circle yeah. jerk, I think. But um, okay, my final choice, which is the more jokey one, which uh, no, Steve's ran away with it. I've got uh, no, nothing to compete with that. But uh, I started to think about well, what would make me actually watch the awards? I didn't bother watching last year. I didn't watch this year. Uh, and I suppose it kind of boils down to who's hosting. You know, Seth MacFarlane did get stick last year, but I ended up watching a few clips from the Oscars mm. because of, of some stuff I'd read about what he did. Now, slightly controversial, perhaps. But it still kind of made it entertaining in a yeah. weird sort of observer kind of way. Yeah. Um, and this year with Ellen, I know she didn't do amazingly well, but although, you know, the whole viewing figures stuff said that it was up and everyone said, oh, she, she was a safe well. pair of hands, yeah, I think. Exactly. Yeah. You know, especially after what happened last year. So they just wanted yeah. someone a bit more reliable, yeah. I suppose. Well, she's nice. She's likable. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I'm very little interested in watching any of it, regardless. So bringing mm. someone like Johnny Vegas to host the Academy Awards, <laughs> you know, get him to take a shot. I'd every... love to see what American network TV <laughs> every, every time there's a montage, he has a shot. You know, someone yeah. cries during their speech, he has another shot. An actress starts to sing about something, she has, yeah. he has a shot. 
Someone thanks God in their speech. There you go. Yeah. There's another shot. I think it would just really liven up. I, I, I think I think that's nice. Also, possibly like the idea of, you know how Channel 4 always choose someone really weird for their alternative Christmas message? Yes. That person should also do the Oscar. Whoever chose. <laughs> so it might be uh, Ackman Jack, for example. One, yeah. Just get him over. Get him to do it. Or, yeah, on a serious point, just get Tina Fey and Amy Poehler to host every single award show. Uh, I, I'd be I'd be very happy with that. But, no, I like that. You, you're right. The, I think the host is really, really important to the Oscars. Do you remember the year when they tried to get Anne Hathaway and James Franco to do it? It's a fucking disaster. Yeah. Or get Mick uh, Mick Fleetwood and Sam Fox to do it every year. That would also work for me, yeah. Yeah. No, no, cheers. That's great. But I'd like to see someone like Johnny Vegas, someone who's got absolutely nothing to do with American films just to host the awards. Yeah. 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 I suppose what is more likely is someone like Ricky Gervais, but Johnny Vegas would be just brilliant yeah jo- yeah no that that would be fantastic yeah no oh, throwing like his point over I jennifer he's, lawrence he's made for that yeah. yeah he's made for that yeah. well there you go there, there is the oscars improved by us yeah. um, just enact all nine of those ideas <laughs> and it's guaranteed and stick it in the halftime of the super bowl I'm, I'm and sure, that's... i'm sure i can hear the academy uh dialing their phone right now to speak to us yes yeah <laughs> is that audio tumbleweed <laughs> anyway my phone's on it's fine call me anytime academy i'm up for it uh here's another break um and we'll be back with one quick new release review uh, some recommendations all that kind of stuff so owen has got a new release review for us non-stop the new liam neeson film yeah, um, well, I'm not going to do a massive review of it because, um, well, there's not a lot of people who will need to know about it to begin with. But, uh, you know, non-stop, it's a new release, stars Liam Neeson, it's directed by a Spanish guy who I wish Jerry was around to pronounce his name. So I'm going to have a crack at it. Jaume Coletzera. Possibly cool. wrong. It's from Barcelona, so it's Catalonian. So even if I looked it up in Spanish, it'd probably be wrong. But anyway, that's what his name is on IMDb. Uh, he's known for things I've seen quite a few of his films actually which I was surprised about he's done House of Wax which I hated oh the the remake with um, Elisha Cuthbert and yeah Yeah, that's a shockingly bad film yeah Yeah, oh yeah yeah. he's also done Orphan which was a sort of psychological horror which was quite good was that um, kind of Executive produced by Del Toro or something. Uh, that was Orphanage. That was different. Oh, yeah. okay. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Orphan has someone whose name I can't remember, but she she was really good for a child actress. Oh, okay. She, yeah. She was, yeah. Very good. But he also did um, Unknown with Liam Neeson, which I quite liked. I thought that was good. I've not seen that one. Yeah. It's Isn't not as good right? as Taken, but mm. you know, it's still quite a good, interesting okay. action film. He also did Gold Two, Living the Dream, which I've not seen. <sighs> Oh, is that the Real Madrid one? I have no idea. I've not, I've not, I've not seen it. I know Steve's a big fan I've, of that trilogy. I've not seen three because apparently it seems to be about some fans going on a piss-up at, at the World Cup. <laughs> right. I had a much better idea for it because obviously you wanted the... You wanted <laughs> of course you did, Steve. <laughs> no, the main guy, Santiago, they, they injured him so he couldn't play in the World Cup. But the problem they had with him in terms of World Cup, that he was Mexican. And there's no real way that Mexico will win the World Cup. Right. Oh, and right. it doesn't really help this problem, but, it, you know, right. He married an English girl. Right? So technically he can play for England. So they should have just put him in the England squad 
And then that, you know... Has he been living in England for, like, uh, naturalisation laws? You, you I was going to say, can you do that? <laughs> well, can, no, you, yeah, you get to, if I marry an English bird, he gets an English passport, so then he doesn't need to stay in the country. Not automatically, not on this Tory government, eh? Poor. Well, it was probably... <laughs> we kind of derailed up into reviewing <laughs> slightly, so I talk about immigration. We were Labour when that happened, when the film was happening. <laughs> <laughs> right, so, so he gets the... And then we call him up. Uh, you know, it's a sticky subject for football because we could have called up Arteta and thing, and then there's the whole Yanazai thing. Uh, we call him up and he plays for England, and then we win the World Cup in the field. Or you use got you make goal free Mike Bassett too. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> this is going off on a very strange. Do you know what? Of... I think I think we're starting to get what Steve's next choice. <laughs> films, right? It's two films. Not only is it goal free. It's, it's Mike Bassett too. So it's two films in one. Yeah, you've sold Brilliant, it. Brilliant, it, Steve. It's, it's 20 million, Steve. Great. Go and make it. <laughs> yeah, you could do that with other things, though. You could have, like, <laughs> Die, Hard, Die Hard 5 is Lethal Weapon 6 or something as well. Whoa. And you have all of them in there. It's getting quite you better. Have, you have McLean and all of them in the one film. See, that's what the expendable should have been. It shouldn't have just been getting the actors. No, it should have been getting the characters, characters back yeah, into, the, into Rambo and Terminator on the same screen. Would have been. Exactly, yeah. Ram, it should have been Terminator 5, Rambo 4, and Crank 6. <laughs> all at the same time. Yeah, why not? <laughs> it's too late for this. Have you been drinking, Steve? Are you, is this what you're what? like when you're drunk? No, this is this is these one of these ideas where you know you can see Hollywood on the phone. You do slightly different I, edits to appeal to the different markets, but essentially it's the same film but different. Steve's going to be awake for the next seven days writing this script feverishly in his room. I can tell. I think he needs to lay off the Red Bull. <laughs> but so anyway, non-stop. So anyway, yeah. So getting back to. We done non-stop yet. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we have. It's, it's the just, same. I think we should just title about. this section <laughs> Steve's nonstop. So this is this is nonstop one, but taken free. Uh, if you like, why not? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. It's that's that that's okay. I don't need to say any more than that now. I think. <laughs> Steve's cool. So I will. I will I'll, just add. I'll, it it was better than I expected it to be. Um, I thought it would be fairly decent. Um, you know, Liam Neeson still oddly good as an action hero. Whoever, whoever saw that coming, you know, with Kate I know, and, weird, yeah. Ray and Unknown and A-Team, which I've not seen. But, you know, he's just um, turned himself into this action hero. It's a li- OK. The, the film itself is less actiony than something like Taken. He's not breaking necks and electrocuting foreigners every two minutes, but he's still, you know, he carries a gun on the plane. The way I described it to some friends at the weekend if, if you've seen Flight uh, Flight Plan mm-hmm. with Jodie Foster, yeah, okay, imagine that, but instead of Jodie Foster, who's the sort of confused, lost mom, it's mm-hmm. Liam Neeson with a gun. That's pretty much the same. Yeah. Film. Oh, I, I, I think I'm up for. I, you know, I, I, I've I've heard more than more than one person say that it's actually quite. I think Robbie Collins in the Independents thought he was going to get sacked for saying that he liked it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's not really an uh, independent sort of film. But... No, um, and also Callum, uh, Callum Petch on failcritics.com has put in a, a, 
a quite a positive review saying oh, right. it's all right uh, so that's up on the website as well he's he's talked about it uh, he talks about it as being a deconstruction of the liam neeson action film and so he says it doesn't go as far as he wishes it would but actually parts of it are a bit of a deconstruction he, he talks quite deeply about uh the film itself it's, it's a really good read actually so it's well worth yeah. having a look, having a read of that that's a, yeah very interesting i will say as well that if you're struggling with it just wait until the last few scenes towards the end because it is just fantastic there's one scene in particular which i'm not going to talk about but it's involves liam neeson and a gun and it is just one of the best action film scenes just for being so bloody awesomely cool and cheesy at the same time <laughs> i just loved it i thought that was fantastic it just lit up the whole cinema i think everyone laughed at it and it was just yeah brilliant brilliant scene for an action film but um yeah non-stop so i'm, I'm also going to have that as my recommendation this week i'm going to recommend people go and see very efficient somewhere. and frugal there yeah it's quite fun quite too I'm, I'm gonna go and watch it i'm gonna go and watch it this week definitely Right, uh, well, on to some uh, recommendations now for the week ahead. Owen's done his. Uh, I'm going for, given that one of the new releases out uh, next week is uh, 300, was it 300 Rise of an Empire? Yes. Uh, on film, uh, sorry, on ITV4 on Thursday night, uh, hopefully the podcast will be out by then, so this yeah. is the original 300 from 2006. Oh, ITV4 have bought it off of Channel 5 then, because Channel 5 used to play it constantly. Yeah. It's, it's moved to ITV4. Excellent. It used to be on TCM once a week. It was ridiculous. <laughs> I've clearly got the Blu-ray. Channel 5 have uh, lost 300 and replaced it with Jeepers Creepers. So. Oh, oh dear. no. That, that's, that's trading out. That's trading down, yeah. Channel 5, uh, or five star for films, and watch 300 on ITV4. Yes. Uh, James? Uh, my recommendation is for those of you who have access to US Netflix, it's just come on uh, and it's one of my favourite films from last year. And it's one of these instances where my beefing up of the Oscars would have resulted in A, nominations for it and B, potentially a win uh, for Adele Exotropolis. Uh Blue is the Warmest Colour is now available on Netflix US. It's an utterly, utterly brilliant film. Don't be put off. Well, or I say don't be put off. I Half of our listeners, I'm sure, would be very excited by uh, the reputation it's got of all the kind of sex scenes and things like that. Actually, it, it's just a wonderful, wonderful drama. Um, really nicely shot, uh, beautifully performed. Uh, just a really, really great film. So please, please watch it if you've not seen it. It's on uh, US Netflix now. OK, uh, so the next week, the new releases are 300 Rise of an Empire and Grand Budapest Hotel. Yes, yeah. the new Wes Anderson film that I missed out on in Glasgow. Uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm excited. I'm quite excited in very different ways for both of those films. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it actually. Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah. I've, I've just I've got a feeling it's just going to be right up my street. Yeah, I've, I've had those issues with Wes Anderson yeah, before. Yeah. I wasn't a great fan of Darjeeling Express at all. Steve Zizou had its moments, mm, but mm. lost me a bit. But I really thought um, Moonrise Kingdom was uh, a kind of return to form, and, and I love Royal Tenenbaums as well. So I, I'm, 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 and yeah, fantastic I'm Mr. Fox, of course, which I only watched because you get recommending it so much. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that's such a great film. Uh, so yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to that. Cracking cast, is it? yeah, mm. pretty much got everyone uh, uh, who's anyone at the moment. So really looking forward to that. 
Uh, yes, yeah, so that's all for uh, this week's podcast. Um, the Glasgow Film Festival special is still online. If you haven't listened to that, so go and give that a listen. Um, we're on www.failcritics.com and on Twitter and Facebook as well under the same name. And we'll be back next week with another podcast. The Failed Critics are James Diamond, Steve Norman and Owen Hughes with original music provided by Kevin MacLeod of Incompetech.com. You can find us at failedcritics.com, at Facebook at facebook.com slash failedcritics and on Twitter at at failedcritics. <laughs> to build up with that really fluky appearance on the iTunes front page. <laughs> Let's just get rid of a bit of stroke, yeah. Um, so, no, well done, Paul. Um, so that prize will be winging its way to you at some point soon. Excellent. Uh, at this point, we'll take a break. We'll be back with a return of Triple Bill after it. So, Triple Bill uh, this time round is a... a are three suggestions each of what we would do to improve the Oscars. What would us three do to improve the greatest show on earth, allegedly? <laughs> the Super Bowl? Yeah. <laughs> Move it to half time of the Super Bowl. There's that's, that's my fourth. That would be yeah. <laughs> anyway, yes, uh, so we have each picked three things that we would do to improve uh, the Oscars ceremony. Um James, your idea, so you can start us off. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, I thought, you know what, if we were in charge, what would we do? And it's not necessarily that it's a bad thing, um, all that, you know, but, yeah, I think it needs a bit of livening up. Um, so I've got a few ideas. Um, and do you know what? The first one um, is quite a simple one. Uh, stop having it on a bleeding Sunday night, okay? Because mm. I could back watch to work it. the next day, haven't they? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that's it. It's elitist. It's saying, look, we don't have to work on a Monday because we're actors and directors. Um, so we're going to have a party on Sunday. Cameramen and everyone, just as important. Yeah. You know, they've got to go back to work next day. Can't go out. Exactly. All these after parties and things like that are elitist because it and and do you know i think it's because they know that there won't be that many people out in the bars of la because like normal people have got monday morning jobs well, to go it is to. la so. yeah well yeah actually, yeah well it's all the people who have to go back and do their part-time working at a coffee shop because yeah. they haven't got their big break yet um and yeah but across the world i i don't mind that it doesn't start until 11 30 at p.m in the uk or midnight even i don't mind that don't make me take Monday morning off because I couldn't this year. Which meant I couldn't watch it. That's really damn annoying. And I think move it to a Saturday night and plying with free booze as well. So I think they must already get that, but they don't seem to act like it. So my first thing is move it to a night of the week when people will actually watch it uh, and will be able to stay up and get drunk watching it and not have to worry about it the next morning. That's just really simple thing for them there. Um, next one is actually a bit of a serious one. Um, a bit potentially controversial and that is get rid of best foreign language picture okay and what i'm going to do instead i'm going to get rid of best because what you find is that some incredible films get shunted off to the kind of near the beginning of the ceremony um as if like foreign language films are in some way inferior they are. to the american <laughs> shut up <laughs> shut it 
Um, although obviously, you know, only foreign language because English films now and again get a token nomination and things like that because, you know, they're in the English language. I say get rid of best foreign language picture, but I'm going for affirmative action here. I'm working to combat years of xenophobia and uh, of the Academy. And that is, no, all films are in there and a world, a foreign language nominee must be present in every category instead. So best film has to have at least one foreign language picture in there. Best actor has to have at least one foreign language before that. So get rid of foreign language and actually start bringing the world. Because it feels to me, the Oscars feels really, really insular, more insular than he, than the BAFTAs. Um, certainly more insular than like the Caesars and things. Like that. I actually said, you know what? This is about the, if the Academy, if the Oscars wants to be the pinnacle of film if it wants to be about the crowning glory then why aren't more brilliant performances and films actually given a shot at winning it so that that would be my next thing is you know let's let's encourage world cinema let's encourage it and then the people of the world might want to watch it a little bit more if they had a, a chance of seeing their film up there um at the same time you'd also get rid of this ridiculous idea where each country gets to choose one film to put forward what if there are two fantastic films from france one year Mm -hmm. how is this weird socialist nonsense about well only one could and it's you've just got so much potential for corruption there because you know who knows why a country would pick its film and not pick a certain film so actually just go we won't leave it up to countries to nominate what they think their best film is we'll just choose the best films and one of them is at least one of them is going to be a world cinema film uh so that that's my second one and finally uh, and i think the time has come for the oscars to have a kind of truth and reconciliation committee um kind of similar to when countries that have been through severe military dictatorships go back and have an inquest and look at the past wrongs that this corrupt dynasty has enacted on their people. And I think the Oscars needs to go back and say, do you know what? A bit like, again, another football analogy here, you know, like in uh, Sierra, when they found out that a load of team, well, not a load of teams, some teams had bribed referees. And so they stripped them of their league titles and said, actually, no, these were the guys that won that league title. And they changed the records and everything. We need to do that with the oscars someone needs to go back and go yeah why did crash win an oscar that was utter nonsense right so i want a committee to go back and go no that we made such a foolish what, mistake kind of like a dubious, we're going to change that because that what was that kind of like a dubious goals panel yeah exactly <laughs> and go what hang on what pulp fiction didn't win 90 no we're not having that right no we're retrospectively going back there um there's going to be hearings it's going to be important i'm going to i'm going to get the judges to come forward and explain exactly why they voted for some of these films would you go as um, far as actors as well i would go as far as actors as well films and acting performances as far as possible do you have to get the same committee back that were doing the film of that year that you're yeah I, I, under oath i'm going to depose them under oath it's going to be like the mccarthy witch hunts basically why the hell did you vote for that what were you thinking what films did you actually see that year did you only see that film i'm going i'm going to destroy them uh because i think a it would make for great television um yeah because obviously oh, so this would be like a reality tv type shit yeah, yeah. oh yeah it's show it's essentially show trial it'll be like a glorious uh, trial live on telly yeah yeah exactly it's a show trial you made such an epic fuck up here uh we're gonna rake you over the coals and we're finally gonna give people like alfred hitchcock a damn oscar 
Uh, we're going to give, do you know, we can give Leonardo DiCaprio his Oscar as well. Let's get it to Leonardo DiCaprio as well. We'll find, we'll find a film that we can give it to him for. I know, and this, what's happening here is I'm becoming as corrupt as the people <laughs> are. Yeah, and that's just, it's like Animal Farm. Oh, um, yeah. But it, it, you know, it, some people are more equal than others. Um, so clearly I'm volunteering to head up this Truth and Reconciliation Committee and purge Hollywood of, <laughs> people who don't know about film um so yeah there we go that's my three ideas to improve the oscars i think they're all absolute winners well i've got um three ideas none of them that serious (laughs) (laughs) the the, the first two i want to introduce some new categories into nice to kind of celebrate films that don't get celebrated at big awards dues uh, even though the BAFTA has uh, a kind of uh, a section for this kind of uh, of one of these types of films. Anyway, the first new category I want to create is best comedy. Okay. Because comedies don't tend to get nominated for kind of best picture. They're not the kind of film you're going to see as best picture. But yep. comedies bring joy to everyone. It's the kind of thing they're there to do. And comedy, yep. doing a good comedy... It's just as much of an art as doing a good drama. Uh, I, no, I, I agree with mm-hmm. you, Steve. Yeah, we, uh, we talked about this on the Golden Globes. Uh, yeah, Golden that's, Globes I think that's one of the things that the Golden Globes does right is at least the Golden Globes every year actually celebrates, the, like you say, this very difficult art form. Yeah. yeah. Like it, Steve. Yeah. Well, yeah. On a similar note, but, uh, but you know, less serious, is the best blockbuster. Okay. What's your criteria? Um, I don't know. Like, just... You realise you <laughs> might be handing Michael Bay an Oscar here. You realise this no, is a can no, of worms you are potentially... He might do a good blockbuster, so he's got no chance. <laughs> he might have won one for Bad Boys. But I'm, but I'm thinking, of, well, maybe he could have done when he was good the one time. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking of stuff like generally all the superhero films that we're getting yeah. so many of now and some are so good. And action films, going back to things like, you know, Die Hard and things like that. So celebrate that kind of film. Mm-hmm. Because you could do it by budget, couldn't you? Something that's yeah. budget yeah. and not, um, yeah, I don't know, not a serious drama or I don't know how you would define what a serious drama is. But yeah, yeah, I think I like it as well. I think that's really good. Yeah. Two criteria for it will be budget and number of explosions. <laughs> Right. Budget timesed by explosions. <laughs> Budget times explosions squared by car chases. Like it. We'll get that, the guys at Harvard on it. Yeah. Divided by gratuitous shops, uh, shots of flesh of the female star. There we go. There's your. How many yeah, cleavage shots formula. can they fit in the yeah. film? Yeah. yeah. I like it. It's quite interesting because I do remember. Um, like Mark Commode talking about, I can't. It was either the Dark Knight or the Dark Knight Rises. He was talking about how it should have been nominated for an Oscar because it was a brilliant film. That it must have been the Dark Knight. I don't think he t- no. was that um, complimentary. I don't think he hated Rises, but anyway. But I remember him and and Bond as well. He was really, he really, really thought. I think he hoped more than anything else. But he was really, really banging the drum for Skyfall to have got a uh, a best film nomination. Uh, last year, I think, which I think, which I think, uh, actually, I think that would have been a fair nomination, well, I, considering I, I, incredibly loud and bollocksy boring got a <laughs> got a nomination. I think so gave Skyfall it though, because it, it was like the 50th year of Bond. I think mm. you were more giving it for 
for Bond as a whole. I still think it was one of the best, best films of that year. I honestly do. Yeah, one of my favourite Bond films. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I agree with you, Steve. Those films are kind of... Both both those new categories you come up with are categories of films which are almost automatically disregarded by um, people who vote in the Academy in the same way that, although 12 Years a Slave was utterly brilliant, people automatically were prepared, were calling it just because of its just because of what it was and its its story they went well that's that's an oscar nominated film uh with you know before even seeing it i think people go well that's going to win a load of oscars oscar just because of the type yeah. of oscar bait and so the anti oscar bait i think we could do with celebrating steve yes well, i mean this year was a, this year going back to the first one was it was a great year for comedy you had uh, the world's end this is the end and alpha papa plus some others i'm probably forgetting but those three brilliant comedies yeah. off of my head that you know were excellent Alpha Papa should have been nominated for a BAFTA. Alpha Papa yeah, really should have yeah. been nominated for it. I, I, I still think, um, yeah, it was a brilliant film. But yeah, okay, Steve, what's your third one? Well, the third one is, um, you know, people, they go on too long in their speeches. Yeah. So I want some really comedy ways, old school comedy ways of, of getting in the stop. So you've got, <laughs> you've, got the, the, you've got some obvious ones. So you've got Trapdoor. You know, yeah. they go on, <laughs> trap door open. They can have some yeah. kind of, you know, old school mat, gym mat or whatever you, like, you used to get when you yeah. trampoline at school underneath so they don't hurt themselves. They just pop. Yeah. That's one. The old one yeah. you see, like, the cane come from the, from the curtain, the side of the stage, and it hooks yeah. off. Yeah, that Classic. Or custard pie in the face. Yeah, classic. That, you know, just when you can, turn on to... Kanye West jumping up saying, I'm going to let you finish, but uh, no, Beyonce I, I like... did the best video of all time. <laughs> I just, you know, I just want people who are going on too long and really being a bit irritating, just to be humiliated. Yeah. In the most, again though, possible. In the Golden Globes, don't they just play music over the top of them? They do. So they really disrespect. It feels really horrible actually when all that. What what you need. The the final, the final one, right? And this is reserved for for people. This will really bring them down. This this speech that they're trying to be all sincere. And everything. They're just wobbling on and no one really cares anymore. Everyone wants to just shut up. What I want, and this will give them a bit of limelight, which is probably quite important, is the Chuckle Brothers to come and start doing a sketch behind them while they're doing, <laughs> they're doing their wow. speech. And that'll just humiliate them so that's, much. That's that, a surrealist masterpiece you've come across there, Steve. down so much. You know, yeah. giving it the old to me, to you, to me, to you, old dear old <laughs> stuff. Right behind Halle Berry crying her eyes out or whatever. Yeah. Excellent. I just have the guy from Holy Motors coming out of like a sewer behind them or something, just to freak everyone out. Nice. See, I, I think they should take a, a leaf from the wrestling I used to watch when I was younger. And like while they're talking, <laughs> except their thing, all of a sudden Stone Cold Steve Austin's music kicks in uh, and he starts storming down the stage. Or maybe the, the theme did... tune from another film kicks in and like Brad Pitt jumps off the stage did... with a hammer. The person, yes. who didn't win, the person who didn't win, the music from their film comes on and they come up and start calling them out. Yeah, and like, then then they have a ladder match like, on stage. <laughs> Whoever that, can get the title from the top that. of the, the ladder wins. Yeah, yeah there's one exactly. There's one Imagine Oscar. McConaughey's yeah. there getting it, and Clooney decides to come out and body slams. Maybe him. there's Fucking one Oscar up for grabs, and I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Different Royal Rumble style. Yeah, we'll pick thirty <laughs> actors get in a ring. <laughs> Last one standing wins. Right, best actor. There's thirty of you. Get in there and fight for it. See who wants it the most. <laughs> 
people won't care that much because they're not all about the awards or about the films. Not awards. They don't care about. Some people yeah. really go for it and they'll climb over dead bodies. Leo, Leo would end up with an award. Leo would get an award. You know, you can see he feels that he wants it. You'd get people Whereas, like uh, uh, Woody Allen sending in someone else on his behalf, though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That'd be, yeah. <laughs> that, that clearly. Well, uh, that's massively improved the Oscars for me. Yeah. Great stuff, Brilliant. Steve. I can't follow that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're gonna have to. Uh, so Owen, go. Okay. Well, tr- still trying to keep the podcast quite light. I've got one jokey one, one moany one, and one serious-ish one. So I'll start with um, the one. You know, obviously, I'm not when I say serious-ish. I'm not talking about you know scrapping the Oscars until everyone in the film industry is actually paid a fair and equal wage. That one is a given. But the first serious one... All right, leftist. Boring. (laughs) ...is to give awards for uh, stuntmen and women and the coordinators. Yes, yes. Um, You know, people like... uh, Someone like Zoe Bell, for example, who I only knew about, I only found out about when I watched Death Proof. And then it was only reading up about that, and you go, oh, right, so she, she was actually... A stunt actress but she wasn't really getting any recognition for that and uh, so she had to sort of start appearing as an actress in films and stuff so you know she she was overlooked for a long time and you know i read an interview with uh jason statham a while back mm. and he says about how uh these guys were always overlooked in film production everyone just yeah. gets about them you, are you okay so a lot of stunts these days are cgi or you do mm. get people like um, Tom Cruise or Jackie Chan even who who do their own. do their own yeah um, but a lot of these actors are made to look as good as they are by their stunt double mm-hmm. uh, yeah you know a little recognition in the form of an award at the Oscars wouldn't go amiss I th- oh, no I completely agree with you even if it is just in the technical categories <laughs> but just some recognition for an incredible art form yeah. and people people who actually out of pretty much everyone in the film industry genuinely put their lives on the line exactly and some have lost their lives and uh, it's you know th- th- i yeah i totally agree yeah. i think that's a great shout so that's that's my my first one which is the serious one yeah. and then uh, my second one which is the moany one uh, which is about the show itself it's just mm-hmm. cut out half of the awards from the, the bit that's that's shown on tv it's just yeah. you just need to, all people are interested in. Okay, no disrespect to any of the the categories like uh, you know best hair, hair and makeup. makeup, you know, all the different ones for sound editing and sound mixing and yeah. all that. Fine, I, you know, I appreciate they deserve some recognition. Of course they do, um, but just have the main six awards yeah. as part of the show. Make it an hour long, you know, best yeah. picture, best actor and support, actress and support and director. Yeah. Possibly best foreign film if James hasn't got rid of it. No, it's well. gone. It's gone already. Okay, <laughs> too late. Um, but it's just it it makes the whole thing feel really bloated and quite yeah. smug. I think. Like I say, I don't want to say like I'm moaning about people who. No, I, I know what you mean. But just because it, it's... we're talking about the show to people at home, and yeah, that they, they don't know they don't know the difference between sound mixing and sound editor. It, it, there's it's there's like it. two awards for sound, isn't there? Yeah. Like that. There's like one for sound mixing, one for sound, or something. I, I sound engineer. I see. Even I don't know. Yeah. Uh, say even I don't know as if some some kind of great <laughs> knowledge on this. But yeah, no, I agree with it's you. People a, at home. It's all yeah. a bit backslappy, isn't it? A bit of a, a bit of a circle yeah. jerk, I think. But um, okay, my final choice, which is the more jokey one, which uh, no, Steve's ran away with it. I've got uh, no, nothing to compete with that. But uh, I started to think about, well, what would make me actually watch the awards? I didn't bother watching last year. I didn't watch this year. Uh, and I suppose it kind of boils down to who's hosting. 
you know, Seth MacFarlane did get stick last year, but I ended up watching a few clips from the Oscars mm. because of, of some stuff I'd read about what he did. Now, slightly controversial, perhaps, mm-hmm. but it still kind of made it entertaining in a yeah. weird sort of observer kind of way. Yeah. Um, and this year with Ellen, I know she didn't do amazingly well, but although, you know, the whole viewing figures stuff said that it was up and everyone said, oh, she, she was a safe help. pair of hands, yeah, I think. Exactly. Yeah. You know, especially after what happened last year. So they just wanted yeah. someone a bit more reliable, yeah. I suppose. Well, she's nice. She's likable. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I'm very little interested in watching any of it, regardless. So bringing mm. someone like Johnny Vegas to host the Academy Awards. <laughs> You know, get him to take a shot. I'd love every... to see what American network TV <laughs> Every time there's a montage, he has a shot. You know, someone yeah. cries during their speech, he has another shot. An actress starts to sing about something, she has, he yeah. has a shot. Someone thanks God in their speech, there you go, yeah. he has another shot. I think it would just really liven up. I, 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 think, I think that's nice. Also, possibly like the idea of, you know how Channel 4 always choose someone really weird for their alternative Christmas message? Yes. That person should also do the Oscar. Whoever chose. <laughs> so it might be uh, Ackman Jack, for example. One year. Just get him over. Get him to do it. Or, yeah, on a serious point, just get Tina Fey and Amy Poehler to host every single award show. Uh, I, I'd be I'd be very happy with that. But, no, I like that. You, you're right. The, I think the host is really, really important to the Oscars. Do you remember the year when they tried to get Anne Hathaway and James Franco to do it? It's a fucking disaster. Yeah. Or get Mick uh, Mick Fleetwood and Sam Fox to do it every year. That would also work for me, yeah. Yeah. No, no, cheers. That's great. But I'd like to see someone like Johnny Vegas, someone who's got absolutely nothing to do with American films just to host the awards. Yeah. 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 I suppose what is more likely is someone like Ricky Gervais, but Johnny Vegas would be just brilliant yeah jo- yeah no that that would be fantastic yeah no oh, throwing Johnny his point over I think jennifer he's, lawrence he's made for that yeah. yeah he's made for that yeah. well there you go there, there is the oscars improved by us yeah. um, just enact all nine of those ideas <laughs> and it's guaranteed and stick it in the halftime of the super bowl I'm, I'm and sure, that's i'm sure i can hear the academy uh dialing their phone right now to speak to us yes yeah <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> is that audio tumbleweed? <laughs> anyway, my phone's on. It's fine. Call me anytime, Academy. I'm up for it. Uh, here's another break, um, and we'll be back with one quick new release review, uh, some recommendations, and all that kind of stuff. So, Owen has got a new release review for us non stop the new Liam Neeson film. Yeah, um, well, I'm not going to do a massive review of it because, um, well, there's not a lot of people who will need to know about it to begin with. But, uh, you know, non-stop, it's a new release, stars Liam Neeson, it's directed by a Spanish guy who I wish Jerry was around to pronounce his name. So I'm going to have a crack at it. Jaume Coletzera. Possibly cool. wrong. He's from Barcelona, so it's Catalonian. So even if I looked it up in Spanish, it'd probably be wrong. But anyway, that's what his name is on IMDb. Uh, he's known for things I've seen quite a few of his films actually which I was surprised about he's done House of Wax which I hated oh the the remake with um, Elisha Cuthbert and yeah Yeah, that's a shockingly bad film yeah Yeah, Yeah, oh yeah yeah. he's also done Orphan which was a sort of psychological horror which was quite good was that um, kind of Executive produced by Del Toro or something. Uh, that was Orphanage. That was different. Oh, yeah. okay. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Orphan has someone whose name I can't remember, but she she was really good for a child actress. Oh, okay. She was, yeah. She was, yeah, very good. But he also did um, 
Unknown with Liam Neeson, which I quite liked. I thought that was good. I've not seen that one. Yeah, it's Is not as right? good as Taken, but mm. you know, it's still quite a good, interesting okay. action film. He also did Gold 2, Living the Dream, which I've not seen. <sighs> Oh, is that the Real Madrid one? I have yeah. no idea. I've not, I've, not, I've not seen I know Steve's a big fan I've, of that trilogy. I've not seen three because apparently it seems to be about some fans going on a piss-up at, at the World Cup. <laughs> right. I had a much better idea for it because obviously you wanted the... You wanted <laughs> of course you did, Steve. <laughs> no, the main guy, Santiago, they, they injured him so he couldn't play in the World Cup. But the problem they had with him in terms of World Cup, that he was Mexican. And there's no real way that Mexico will win the World Cup. Right. Uh, and right. it doesn't really help this problem, but, it, you know, right. He married an English girl. Right? So technically he can play for England. So they should have just put him in the England squad. And then that, you know. Has he been living in England for like uh, naturalisation laws? I was going to say, can you do that? <laughs> well, no, yeah, he gets a, if I marry an English bird, he gets an English passport. So then he doesn't need to stay in the country. Not automatically, okay. not on this Tory government, eh? Poor. Oh, it's Tory. <laughs> we kind of derailed our interview slightly. It's like talking about immigration. We would labour when that happened, when the film was happening. <laughs> <laughs> right. So he gets the, and then we call him up. Uh, you know, it's a sticky subject for football because we could have called up Arteta and thing, and then there's the whole Yanazai thing. Uh, we call him up and he plays for England, and then we win the World Cup in the film. Or you use got you make goal three Mike Bassett two. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> this is going off thought... on a very strange. Do you know tangent. what? I think I think we're starting to get what Steve's make next choice. <laughs> <laughs> films right. It's two films. Not only is it goal three, it's it's Mike Bassett two. So it's two films in one. Yeah, you've sold it. It's twenty million, Steve. Go make it. <laughs> yeah, you could do that with other things though. You could have like. Die Hard, Die Hard Five is Lethal Weapon Six or something as well. Whoa! And you have all of them in there. This is getting quite you better. Have, you have McLean and all of them in the one film. See, that's what the Expendables should have been. It shouldn't have just been getting the actors. No, it should have been getting the characters, characters back into, yeah, into Rambo and Terminator on the same screen. Exactly. Yeah. Ram- it should have been Terminator Five, Rambo Four, and Crank Six. <laughs> all at the same time yeah why not <laughs> it's too late for this Have you been drinking, Are you, is this what you're what? like when you're drunk no this is this is these one of these ideas where you know you can see hollywood on the phone you do slightly different I... edits to appeal to the different markets but essentially it's the same film but different steve's going to be awake for the next seven days writing this script feverishly in his room i can tell i think he needs to lay off the red bull <laughs> but so anyway non-stop. So anyway yeah so getting back to we've we done non-stop yeah <laughs> i feel like we have it's, it's the just, same i think we should just title this section steve's non-stop so this is this is non-stop one but taken free <laughs> uh if you like why not yeah. sure yeah. yeah it's that's that that's okay i don't need to say any more than that now i think <laughs> steve's no, cool. so i will I will just add, it it was better than I expected it to be. Um, I thought it would be fairly decent. Um, you know, Liam Neeson still oddly good as an action hero. Whoever whoever saw that coming, you know, with Tate and Ray and Unknown and A Team, which I've not seen, but you know, he's just um, turned himself into this action hero. It's a li- okay. The, the film itself is less actiony 
than something like Taker. He's not breaking necks and electrocuting foreigners every two minutes, but he's still, you know, he carries a gun on the plane. The way I described it to some friends at the weekend, if, if you've seen Flight uh, Flight Plan mm-hmm. with Jodie Foster, yeah, okay, imagine that, but instead of Jodie Foster, who's the sort of confused, lost mom, it's mm-hmm. Liam Neeson with a gun. That's pretty much the same yeah. film. Oh, I'm, I think I'm up for. I, you know, I, I've, I've heard more than more than one person say that it's actually quite. I think Robbie Collins in the Independents thought he was going to get sacked for saying that he liked it. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's and, not really an uh, independent sort of film, but no. Um, and also Callum, uh, Callum Petch on Fellcritics.com has put in a, a, a quite a positive review saying, "Oh right, it's all right." Uh, so that's up on the website as well. He's he's talked about it. Uh, he talks about it as being a deconstruction of the Liam Neeson action film. And so he says it doesn't go as far as he wishes it would, but actually parts of it are a bit of a deconstruction. He, he talks quite deeply about uh, the film itself. It's, it's a really good read actually, so it's well worth yeah. having a, having a read of that. That's a, yeah, very interesting. I will say as well that if you're struggling with it. Just wait until the last few scenes towards the end, because it is just fantastic. There's one scene in particular, which I'm not going to talk about, but it involves Liam Neeson and a gun. And it is just one of the best action film scenes, just for being so bloody, awesomely cool and cheesy at the same time. (laughs) I just loved it. I thought that was fantastic. It just lit up the whole cinema. I think everyone laughed at it. And it was just yeah, brilliant, brilliant scene for an action film. But um, yeah, non-stop. So I'm, I'm also going to have that as my recommendation this week. I'm going to recommend people go and see. Very efficient and frugal there. Yeah. It's quite fun. Quite too. I'm, I'm going to go and watch it. I'm going to go and watch it this week, definitely. Right. Uh, well, on to some uh, recommendations now for the week ahead. Owen's done his. Uh, I'm going for, given that one of the new releases out uh, next week is uh, 300. Was it 300 Rise of an Empire? Yes. Uh, on film, uh, sorry, ITV4 on Thursday night, uh, hopefully the podcast will be out by then, so this yeah. is the original 300 from 2006. Oh, ITV4 bought it off of Channel 5 then, because Channel 5 used to play it constantly. Yeah. It's, it's moved to ITV4. Excellent. It used to be on TCM once a week. It was ridiculous. <laughs> I've clearly got the Blu-ray. <laughs> Channel 5 have uh, lost 300 and replaced it with Jeepers Creepers. So. Oh, oh no. That, that's, that's trading out. That's trading down, yeah. Channel 5 uh, or 5 star for films and watch 300 of my TV4. Yes. Uh, James? Uh, my recommendation is for those of you who have access to US Netflix, it's just come on uh, and it's one of my favourite films from last year. And it's one of these instances where my beefing up of the Oscars would have resulted in A, nominations for it, and B, potentially a win uh, for Adele Exotropolis. Uh, Blue is the Warmest Colour is now available on Netflix US. It's an utterly, utterly brilliant film. Don't be put off. Well, I say don't be put off. Half of our listeners, I'm sure, would be very excited by uh, the reputation it's got of all the kind of sex scenes and things like that. Actually, it's just a wonderful, wonderful drama um really nicely shot uh beautifully performed uh just a really really great film so please please watch it if you've not seen it it's on uh us netflix now okay uh so the next week the new releases are 300 rise of an empire and grand budapest hotel 
yes yeah. the new Wes Anderson film that I missed out on in Glasgow uh yeah I, I'm I'm excited I'm quite excited in very different ways for both of those films yeah I'm really looking forward to it actually Grand Budapest Hotel yeah. I've just I've got a feeling it's just going to be right up my street yeah I've, I've had those issues with Wes Anderson yeah, before yeah. I wasn't a great fan of Darjeeling Express at all Steve Zizou had its moments mm, but mm. lost me a bit but I really thought um, Moonrise Kingdom was uh, a kind of return to form and, and I love Royal Tenenbaums as well so I, I'm, I'm, I'm and Fantastic yeah, I'm Mr Fox of course which I only watched because you get recommending it so much yeah and, uh, yeah that's such a great film uh, so yeah no I'm really looking forward to that cracking cast yeah you know, mm. pretty much got everyone uh, uh, who's anyone at the moment so really looking forward to that uh, yes, yeah, so that's all for uh, this week's podcast. Um, the Glasgow Film Festival special is still online if you haven't listened to that, so go and give that a listen. Um, we're on www.failcritics.com and on Twitter and Facebook as well under the same name. And we'll be back next week with another podcast. The Failed Critics are James Diamond, Steve Norman and Owen Hughes with original music provided by Kevin MacLeod of Incompetech.com. You can find us at failedcritics.com, at Facebook at facebook.com slash failedcritics, and on Twitter at at failedcritics.